When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Raquel turned humanitarian center will open for asylum seekers. The mayor's office says the Roosevelt Hotel in Midtown will be the first official arrival center for the asylum seekers. This comes as more asylum seekers arrived at the Port Authority. Mayor Adams looking at more than 400 locations for shelter, including Rikers Island. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has made his plans for 2024. What do you think he's decided? Two sources close to Governor DeSantis tell CBS News his official filing as a candidate is now set to come next week. The decision to file the paperwork is set to coincide with plans to meet with some of the governor's longtime donors at a hotel in Miami. They're expected to be briefed on plans for the forthcoming campaign and requests that they start help raising big money for the bid. We are learning the illness that sidelined Senator Feinstein for months was even more serious than her office had previously revealed. That revelation and new reports that the 89-year-old senator does not remember being away from the Capitol at all. She was here in the Bay Area at her home in San Francisco recovering. This is all triggering renewed calls for her to resign immediately. President Joe Biden arrived in Japan in what will be a shortened trip to Asia for the G7 summit. He plans to return to the U.S. on Sunday to continue talks over raising the debt ceiling, but after participating in a three-day meeting with leaders from the biggest economies in the world. While in Japan, the president will no doubt be asked about the deal in Washington to raise the nation's debt limit, as a potential default could impact the global economy. Back on Capitol Hill, members of the GOP are attacking the president for leaving the country without a deal in place. If we do nothing, we will pay more in interest in the next 10 years than we paid in the last 83. So picture this, about the seventh inning, sun-drenched Thursday afternoon, Flushing, Queens, City Field, the home of the New York Mets. And this song, make it louder, uh, Lewis, Call Me Maybe, is playing, and there are folks in the stands dancing, gyrating, including Lewis on the big screen. The crowd is going nuts. The Mets have the lead while this song is playing on a Thursday in Queens. 
So then at one point, it gets really loud in the stadium, and we're like, wow, people are really getting into this song. They're dancing. Who was this? Uh, Carly Jessup? It's Carly Ray Jepsen. There you go. Carly Ray Jepsen. <laughs> so the crowd starts going nuts. People are dancing. But then we realize why the crowd was really going nuts when Lou points out to me, oh, my God, look at that fan on the field. So we look down and somewhere between second base and center field, and I thought that was a girl for some reason, a blonde girl. I don't know. I couldn't see. I Me couldn't either. tell. Yeah. The first fan I thought was a girl and running out to center field, you start to see these City field security guards, a bunch of them, run after this person. But then all hell broke loose, and two more fans jump on the field. Now, the second fan, this I've never seen. I've seen fans at Giant Stadium run on the field, and eventually the security guy catches them and, you know, takes them off the field, puts them in a Daniel Penny chokehold. You know, nobody dies. Uh, <laughs> so... The second fan is running around center field and at one point does a zigzag move to get away from security and falls. So the fan has now basically given himself up. He's sitting on the floor. Okay, you got me. The security guard doesn't stop him from pile driving this guy. It was like Lawrence Taylor taking down Ron Jaworski. He dove headfirst into this guy's gut. Vicious. Vicious. <laughs> and it was so hot and so great. Oh, huge. Great. And then the third fan also got uh, taken down. And this this made for great entertainment. I mean, the Mets won. It was a gorgeous day. I couldn't ask for better company. My beautiful son Gabriel was there with me. The whole day was fun. Gabe met me here at the station. He went over to Grand Central, took the 7 train to Willits Point Mets. And then about the fourth inning, Lou and Justin showed up. Pete Morgan, of course, Mr. Peerless Boilers, as he often does, he was the man that um, hosted us. I've had these really great days with my son over the years since we came back to New York. People have been so nice. Dr. Mark Siegel, Bill O'Reilly, certainly my dear friend Corey Zelnick, Mr. Real Estate. Sending me and Gabe to so many big nicknames, big ones, second row, including Dwayne Wade's last regular season game as a Miami player at the Garden. All those guys. But Pete Morgan is at the very top of the list because it's every sport, Giants, Rangers, Mets. And he was terrific yesterday. He was great. Tom Verrata, big-time sales guy for Odyssey. Love that guy. He was there, too. But it was just perfect. Gabe, Louie, and Justin show up in the fourth inning. And it was a one-lap riot. And the Mets won, which is great, because they had not won a season series in ages. And they won two out of three, including two in a row, against a team with the best record in Major League Baseball, the AL East leading New York Yankees, which made Justin happy because the Yankees won again last night. And because of the Mets picked up a game on the division-leading Tampa Bay Rays. Yes, and just a quick correction there. You had a uh, little Freudian slip. What was that? You did say the AL East leading New York Yankees, but you meant to say the AL East leading Tampa Bay Rays. You're right. I did mean to say that. The lead is now what, six and a half? Uh, Six and a half, and yeah, the Yankees took advantage of the Mets' help uh, last night. They did. uh, They could have taken two back. Uh, The Mets won two days ago, too. The Yankees, I believe, are tied with Toronto. They're still three back of the Orioles. Mm -hmm. Don't forget, there's a team in between 
between New York and Tampa, the Baltimore Orioles, just like the Mets. Yeah. I mean, that AL East is, is crazy, though. Every, very good. every team very is good. about five games yeah. over 500. Yeah. And at least that's not the case, but the Mets are in third, but you've got the Miami Marlins, believe it or not, who won again yesterday, in between the division-leading Braves and the Mets. But uh, just a good time, man. And we took some great pictures. Pete Morgan is an exceptional great guy. person. I actually just saw this thing that uh, Joe Douglas from the Jets was looking to sign one of those fans. <laughs> uh, because he had some of these good moves, and Aaron Rodgers was nodding his head. I think the security guard they should uh, hire. Yeah, those guys took off. Damn. They were, like, about 20 of them but, running And they after. were vicious. Like, yeah. you run on the field, they're going to kick your ass. Yeah. Like, it wasn't good enough to just apprehend these people and take them off the field. They wanted to hurt them. Right. Great. Like, once they get them on the ground, you can see they're shoving them into the dirt a little yeah. bit, you know? And they came from three different directions. Yeah. It was yeah. weird. It was electric. <laughs> it was, and it was coming at the same, right, three different directions, and you All don't know right. where to look first. <laughs> it's like a stampede. Yeah. Guys. <laughs> and with all this great stuff going on, and I just described the day as really a perfect day, weather, ball game, great friends, my son, the game ends. <laughs> And we start walking down the stairs. Yeah, this is the first incident. The first incident. This was the first one. First of about four, yeah. We're coming down the stairs. Right. And we got a couple of flights, so we're walking, and now there's the general populace of the game is emptying out. That's correct. And we're coming down, so you circle, you come down another flight, come down another flight. Right. And so we spot in front of us a um, guy, probably a teenager, yeah, young guy, yeah. and his pants are down, like... But buckled, and the way those kids sometimes wear them. Right, with the, with below, the boxer shorts. Yeah, below yeah. their butt. Below their butt, mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, Lewis is walking down to go towards his car, and me, Justin, and Gabriel are walking down to head towards the train. And yes, to Lewis's point, I see a guy right in front of us. <laughs> so Black you, kid. Right. There was okay. another one on the train, actually. Oh, yeah, we're well, not on him, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so you just mutter before you get to the right. next oh, one. I didn't mutter. I said it out loud. Well, well not, no. Yeah. The, he turns to the woman sitting next to him on the train. He goes, can you believe this? <laughs> she didn't even speak <laughs> like English. Woman, yeah, she's never spoken to him. as a woman. Oh, oh, stranger. Oh, can you believe no. this? What are you doing? What <laughs> well, we were walking and down the down steps. The stairs, and yeah. he yells out, put your pants on. <laughs> put your pants on. Put your well, pants on. And the guy looked back at me once or twice. Now, what is he going to do? He's a young kid. I'm a muscular, angry, Jewish, 56-year-old man. I'll bash his face up against the stairwell. <laughs> and my son is there. i got to be a little careful, you know. But uh, I can't stand it. I can't stand it. And white kids do this, too. This is not exclusive to black kids. They wear their pants at their ankles, and you see the crack of their ass in their boxer shorts. You know Don Lemon, that moron who was recently fired by uh, CNN? Maybe maybe you can find this, uh, Justin or Lewis. Years and years ago, he was asked on CNN what's wrong basically with the black community and how the black community can improve things. And it was probably the only time in Don Lemon's life. He gave five different uh, ways to improve it. It was probably the only time in Don Lemon's life where he was honest. Because the more opportunity he got at CNN, the more money he got at CNN, the bigger shows he got at CNN, the bigger racist he became. And when I say racist, I mean I'm going to defend black people no matter what. 
at every opportunity and demonize white people. But for some reason, back in 2013, when asked once again, to be honest about his community, he was. And one of the things he talked about was, pick up your pants. Are you going to walk into a job interview with your pants at your knees? With your boxer shorts hanging out? i got to see the crack of your ass. I can't stand it. And a lot of you can't stand it. But here's the difference. You're afraid. You don't say anything. I'm not like that. Whether it's on the air or right in front of Gabe, Louie, and Justin, I'm yelling at the kid, pick your pants up. So that was the uh, the first of what turned out to be a very dramatic trip home. Well, wait, there's more. Oh, there is more. Yeah. What would that be, uh, Justin? Well, um, you know, there was this very angry old lady who seemed to be upset that you were, uh, you're an injured old man and you're trying to just cross the street. Right. Minding your own business. Well, I was posting a picture on Instagram. Yeah, you were preactive. So it was taking me a long time and she was trying to get out of the parking lot. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, come on. The Mets just won. Everybody's in a good mood. People are chanting, let's go Mets in the, in the, in the parking lot and, me, yep. you, and Gabe are walking towards the train. And, yes, I've got a hamstring injury, so it's hampering me more than just a bit. And I am posting something on Instagram, so it's taking me a little while to get across the street. And right. what ensued after that, uh, Justin? Well, she must have been from uh, she must have been a race fan because she seemed like the kind of woman <laughs> who would live in Tampa Bay. Oh, she was dressed in all Met gear. <laughs> yeah. She, her and her fat husband. I mean, she went on some, uh, like a seven-second, six or seven-second, like, cursing tirade. Well, she started with that, and then you said, oh, no, no. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. Well, before she even said something, I was like, please don't say anything, don't say anything, don't say anything, don't say anything. Then I see her oh, roll well, down her window. you that because you're like, my, my, right. my buddy here, our host who yeah. gets unhinged yeah. very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I'm I'm like, okay. Once she rolls down the window and she says one, the first syllable that came out of her mouth, I'm yeah. like, oh, okay. You know that's it. I, I better stop walking because we're going to be here for about five or six minutes. <laughs> and then you turn. I've never seen your head whip around. So I'm I'm surprised you didn't pull a muscle in your neck. <laughs> your jacket's flying everywhere. You're yeah. yelling at her. You're yeah. fat. You're ugly. You're there with your fat, ugly husband. <laughs> Just like the most. The most degrading oh. little insults well, mixed with, like, curse word here, here, here. I and mean, then, my And then I'm God. like, the Mets won. What is up your ass? Yeah. We won. You should be in a good mood. And then there was a group of, like, younger Mets fans right behind us that were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell her, man. Tell her. I, I, I became a hero of the stupid right there. Hey, you know, even before we get to all of that, so it's about the uh, the eighth inning, and I'm sitting in the luxury suite. And I see Mr. Met walk by, and that's why I told Lewis, I said, there's the only person in New York with a bigger head than me, Mr. Met. (laughs) See Mr. Met walk by, and I got to get a picture with Mr. Met, right? So they they actually escort this goofy character, Mr. Met, around City Field because, in all honesty, he does nice things, right? The kids, people in wheelchairs, they love Mr. Met, and he does a good job. So I went out to grab a quick picture, and the lady that's standing to Mr. Met's right goes, no problem. But the guy that's actually walking Mr. Met around the stadium, he's paying no attention to me. I mean, none. And I'm like, Mr. Met, like a little kid, like like a seven-year-old. you know, Mr. Met, can I please get a picture with you, please? And he starts walking away. So <laughs> here I go again. I'm like, Mr. Met. And then I'm like, you, Mr. Matt, you. you know. So I'm, I'm cursing at the top of my lungs, Edwards, at uh, Mr. Matt. And then somebody, I guess it was Pete, grabbed a picture. 
And you can see me on my Instagram, at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney, flailing my arms. I'm a good 15 to 20 feet away from Mr. Matt. He's just walking away, and I think the caption I wrote read, waited all afternoon to take a picture with Mr. Matt, and he walked away from me like a Democrat senator. <laughs> like he knew who I was, you know. So that was uh, that, that pissed me off too. Oh yeah, I, f- I forgot you'd sent me a text of the person's uh, pants from the train. To yes, it looks like yes, I did send you a text. Here's, I took a picture. There's another ale on the train, and I got this picture. Because <laughs> all this stuff happened as I'm getting into my car. Then he go, you missed a huge screaming match with me and a woman trying to leave the stadium. Ask Alec. And the best yeah. part of we, all this, you just got the text messages. I, I had to get the nudges. Hey, Joss, hey, Joss, Joss. Uh, and Josh, the best Josh, part of all this was, I was in a great mood. I loved I know. it. It was a it was wonderful so day, and it's still, still. I mean, you just <laughs> New, New York. York. <laughs> oh man, my son's like, Dad, what's the matter with you? I said, I don't know, Gabriel. This is this is how I am. I don't like these kids walking around. Did you find that Don Lemon stuff? I have it. Yes. So here it is. This dates all the way back to 2013. Ten years ago, Don Lemon is just a reporter for CNN. He's not even a big shot yet. Since then, of course, the last ten years, he became a big shot. His own show late at night, started hosting the morning show. I believe made upwards of 6 to $7 million a year and then got fired about a month ago. But ten years ago, again, when asked, how can we fix the black community, here was a very honest Don Lemon. Pull up your pants. Fine. Sagging pants, whether it's Justin Bieber or no-name Derek around the way, walking around with your ass and your underwear showing is not okay. In fact, it comes from prison when they take away belts from the prisoner so that they can't make a weapon. And then it evolved into which role a prisoner would have during male-on-male prison sex. The one with the really low pants is a submissive one. You get my point? How about that? Now, of course, Don Lemon has to start with Justin Bieber, who's about the whitest person you've ever seen. And if you find 10 people on the street in New York today with their pants pulled down, 9 out of 10, if not all 10, are black. So his first example is a white guy. It shows you what a racist he is. But his point is well taken. Pull your pants up. Just do it. It's disgusting. Where are their parents? I don't even get these how kids. They stay. How do they stay up? I don't even no. get it. God, it's horrible. Just, it's the, I know. that, and it looks stupid it's, and dirty. Well, and that's why gross. they're all, that's why they're always holding them by the belt. They, yeah. they literally need to hold them up all day. It's got to be the stupidest thing I've ever really seen is. kids do. It's, well, it's that's really, not really stupid. It, but it's you know, really, really dumb. It's up there. <laughs> by the way, uh, Peter Alonso hit his major league leading 16th. He leads the majors, not just the Mets. Not just the National League. He leads the majors with 16 home runs. He homered yesterday for the Mets in their win. And Aaron Judge, think about this, coming off of his 60, what, three home run season. He's missed 10 games this year, and he still hit his 12th home run of the season for the Yankees yesterday. So clearly that was not a fluke. And we knew that already, obviously, because he had big years before that from uh, Aaron Judge last year. If you want some more of this sports talk, Let me recommend you stop by the Hackensack Brewery later on tonight in New Jersey. And I'm going to assume, I've never been there, Justin, that the Hackensack Brewery is in Hackensack. Uh, I would would take the risk and venture to say as much. Are you coming? 
I'm going to try him. It's right. far. It's very far. I know it's far. It's very far. Louis coming. Louis will pick you up. I can't promise anything. Louis, you're coming, right? Uh, it seems so, yes. That's All right. my plan. The, uh, I don't know how far, but... Oh, it's far. Seen, yeah, I've seen yeah, it. Yeah, but I doubt Louis is going to come back into New York City to come and get me. I wouldn't doubt it. You make, just ask him. The possibility. No, I don't want yeah. to put him on the spot right now on air because that's going to force him to well, say you yes, did, and you, I know he doesn't want to say yes. Well, you so did that be... yesterday to make sure Pete Morgan gave you a Met ticket, if you remember oh, correctly. Yeah, right. stopping Pete, you now? Because, well, Pete Morgan's not sitting right next to me. I understand. It'll be the first time in 18 years Sid Rosenberg and Joe Beningo work together. I'm not getting paid, obviously. This is not a real job. It's just going to be fun to hang out with Beningo and talk some sports. My son Gabriel's going to come and thousands of others. Hackensack Brewery between 7 and 9 later on tonight. Big guest list about to come your way once again. She's my leader in my district. These migrants, these illegals, making their way to Fort Tilden. Not when I'm there. Not on my watch. Joanne Ariola set to join me at 640. Curtis Sliwa, what a job he's done as of late. Really, New York's hero, America's hero, Curtis Sliwa, set to join me at 7.05. Comedian Chanel Omari, very interesting young lady, and she's got a huge charity comedy night coming your way in New York City. She'll explain at 7.40. Gnomes Nuggets coming up at 8.25. We'll talk to Gordon Chang. He put out a very, very dire tweet about two days ago. Gordon Chang coming up at 8.40. My co-worker here at WABC, and now the number one ratings guy at Newsmax, Greg Kelly. He'll be here at 9.05. And yes, tomorrow is the second leg of the Triple Crown, the Preakness Stakes. We'll talk to Dick Girardi. He'll give you picks on who's going to win the big race at Pimlico coming up tomorrow. The number is always 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. It's a Friday morning with Sid and the boys right here on Talk Radio 77, WABC. I've been hearing a lot about Lang Insurance. They sell luxury home insurance to high net worth individuals in all 50 states. Call Kevin Lang at Lang Insurance. Call 866-964-4434. He's an expert in reviewing your current coverage to save money, leaving you with your current insurance company or moving you to a less expensive one. Clients rave about his skills. You call, they quote, you save. That's 866-964-4434 or just visit langins.com. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC.
Mode. Great song. Great song. 632 on your Friday morning. Pete Morgan checking in early this morning. A lot of great guests again coming up on today's program. Joanne Ariola, Curtis Sliwa, Chanel Omari, Gordon Shang, Greg Kelly, Dick Girardi, maybe Anthony Scaramucci. Turns out that the Mooch, you know, the Mooch is a Republican. I know you guys don't understand that. You think he's a liberal. He's not. Yes, he hates, hates Donald Trump. And he's got 9,000 reasons why, and that's his business. I love Donald Trump. I don't hate Anthony Scaramucci because he hates Donald Trump. That's his business. But he's always, always put his money, and a lot of it, towards Republicans. Always. And it turns out his new guy coming up in 2024 is Fat Chris Christie. And according to Anthony Scaramucci, talking about the Mets, Justin Lewin Pete, at the game just yesterday, Met owner Steve Cohen is also going to put a bunch of money behind Chris Christie. Now, we've not heard that from Cohen. That's Mooch, I believe, saying that. Mooch knows what he's talking about. So we'll find out about this whole Chris Christie deal. But again, today, the illegals. That's the big story. The Roosevelt Hotel set to open today. It's been closed for a while. Beautiful hotel. It's going to be a shelter, and I guess the entrance point for these illegals. And that's what we're talking about. Everybody's talking about it here. Everybody. Kathy Hochul, our governor, this witch, was on MSNBC yesterday telling everybody what we already know, Mrs. Governor, that we're at a breaking point. We can't take it anymore. So here it is, real breaking news from our genius governor, Kathy Hochul, who is cut number seven. Let us have a large field and operations. We can put up the tents. You're going to start seeing people living in tents, not just on the border, but in the streets of New York and across New York State, because we've reached a breaking point. Which they've already got, of course, in El Paso, Texas, and other parts around the country. People sleeping in tents, homeless, do that in Los Angeles and San Francisco. It's going to happen with the illegals here in New York, Joe Borelli, my uh, good buddy out there on Staten Island, council member, he talked on Fox how much money we spend a day on these illegals. It's an eye-opener. Joe Borelli, Lewis, cut number eight. Well, it's a side our priorities are completely out of whack. I mean, this is a problem that's now costing $8 million a day. That's more than the entire FDNY, our fire department. Uh, that money could be going for homeless veterans. It could be going for school lunches. It could be going for uh, you know, health care for the sick. It could be going for a whole bunch of services that the city provides. But because we've decided to have this, this woke experiment of being a sanctuary city, uh, we are now essentially boxed in by our own progressiveness uh, and, and and spending money we don't have. It's a shame, and I'm hoping the mayor finds some off-ramp very soon. The pride of Shirley Long Island, my dear friend, the man who put on quite a race, almost took out Kathy Hochul for governor not that long ago, Lee Zeldin. He was on Fox yesterday talking about the other uh, migrants as well, and he said, hey, folks, it's not just about the money. Lewis, Lee Zeldin, cut number nine. There are Democrats who are now saying that there's an emergency. They're, they're using words like this is a crisis. They're right. 
but they're only asking for money. They have their hands out. They think that more money is going to fix it. I want to see somebody like a Kathy Hochul or an Eric Adams, these Democrats, to call up President Biden and say, finish construction of the border wall. Don't get rid of Title 42 unless you have a replacement. Enforce the Remain in Mexico policy. Support our Customs and Border Patrol agents and catch and release. They're not talking about policy solutions that will actually fix it. They're just saying, give us more money as if that's going to make this go away. That is a great, great point by Lee Zeldin. He goes on to say, folks, it ain't going to get any better. Lee Zeldin, Lewis, cut number 10. What's worse than asking the question, who's going to pay for it and when will this end, is when you have people who know that they're the ones who are going to have to pay for it. And they know that this will never end. This will keep getting worse every day. You know, I had Vicky Palladino on a couple of days ago. Council lady, Vicky. Love her. And um, she's got some issues coming up at Fort Totten. That's why I'm bringing on Joanne Ariola here momentarily, because Curtis Sliwa told me Fort Tilden by Breezy Point, Bell Harbor, my area, may be next. So we'll talk to Joanne Ariola momentarily about that. But when I had Vicky Palladino on a couple of days ago, I said, Vicky, Vicky, can't we just do this instead of looking for gymnasiums, hotels, Yesterday, they went upstate New York by my mother, Naomi's Furious. All these places, why doesn't the mayor, Eric Adams, just say, nope, we're not taking them. Done. We did the best we could. We've got 71,000 of these illegals in our city. The governor admits we're drowning. we got no money, nowhere to put them. Nope. Turn the bus around, go back to D.C. We're not taking them. What is stopping the mayor from doing that? See, if Eric Adams did that, I think a lot of folks, Democrats and Republicans, would respect the hell out of him. I would. Stop telling me it's a crisis and then putting them here. I don't want these people here. I don't want them in my neighborhood, I'll tell you that. You thought that day was tough. I'll punch somebody across the face. I will punch somebody across the face. Imagine if their pants are half down, too, and they're walking through Rockaway. They're dead. Okay, I just want to make tr- clear that up. Okay. You know that's Got the case. It. Okay. Pick your pants up. So Vicky Palladino. Pick your pants up and get out of my city. And get out of my town. So Vicky Palladino was on Fox yesterday saying what I answered just a couple of days ago. Hey, turn these buses around. Cut number 12. What we're seeing right now uh, in City Hall is a little bit of weakness. We need our mayor now to stand up. Uh, to the federal government and turn these buses away. 65,000. Now, we're in the sanctuary city status. I believe that the only way we're going to get out of this right now is to double-think the sanctuary city policies. 65,000, and we're just getting started. By July or August, we will have close to, I would say, 100,000 people here. We are drowning. The city is drowning. And this cannot be, this can't go on for much longer. Absolutely not. She's a thousand percent right. And if you're Eric Adams, you can't have it both ways. Can't be a sanctuary city, right? The shelter. I love these people. Give them free Xbox and meals and porn, all that good stuff. And then complain and bitch, we got too many of them. You got to pick a side, Eric Adams. And there's only one side that's rational. And I know it sounds nuts, but it's my side. <laughs> Traffic with Joe Nolan and Joanne Ariola and Curtis Sliwa all coming up next. Right now, it's time for the 77 WABC minicast clip of the day. Everything you need to know in under 10 New York minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and get the max out of the mini.
Today's mini-cast is from the Rita Cosby Show. Here, Rita talks about, ironically, the migrant crisis. First off, that means there's basically no more room at the inn, that they are busting at the seams. And that's why Eric Adams says, at least short-term, guess what? They're going to have to put them short-term in gyms tied to elementary and pre-K schools. That's why he's saying we have no choice but to put them in schools. First of all, I contend there's a lot of other places you could be putting migrants than putting them in any sort of schools. Damn that's right. not the place to be putting migrants. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a deal in near you. They're the world's best built of boilers. It was a clean sweep for New York baseball yesterday and last night with both the Mets and Yankees pulling out big W's. We'll start with the matinee at City Field between the Mets and Tampa Bay Rays. Me, Lewis, and Sydney, and the great Pete Morgan saw the Mets come away with a 3-2 victory to seal their first series win in a month. And with the series win, the Mets are now just a game under 500 and at a much more manageable six games back of the first place Braves in the NL East. They'll stick at home for the next three, where they're set to welcome in the Cleveland Guardians starting tonight at 7.10 p.m. Carlos Carrasco gets a start against Cleveland's Cal Quantrill. And now for the Yankees, who needed to take advantage of the Mets' helping hand in beating the Rays and giving the Bombers an opportunity to chip a little more into their current AL East deficit. They did just that, taking the finale of their Toronto series 4-2 to over the Blue Jays to secure a series win and now a six-and-a-half game deficit in the division, playing very good baseball as of late. The Yanks will try and keep it up in Cincinnati, where they're set to open up a three-game set with the Reds. Starting tonight at 6.40, Clark Schmidt and his big fat ERA of 6.30. Try not to ruin everything as he's set to start, or to get the start again since he's been lively. So we'll see how that goes. And on the hardwood here, the Nuggets beat the Lakers 108-103 last night to take a 2-0 series lead in the West Final. Tonight, the Heat and Celtics will meet again in Boston for Game 2 of the East Final, set for 8.30 p.m. And on the ice, Finally, the Panthers beat the Hurricanes 3-2 in four overtimes in last night's East Final Game 1. Tonight, the Stars and Golden Knights will meet in Vegas for Game 1 of the West Final, set for an 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time puck drop. Here with sports, sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. You're the world's best-built boilers. And I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Hi, this is Gabriel Rosenberg. And while my dad may be number one in New York City radio, he sure isn't number one at home. Right, Mom? Yeah, but Gabe, Mom's not here. All right, Dad, then you are number one. Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. That's my boy Gabriel. I love that kid. I love both my kids. My daughter Ava, but my son Gabe and I are getting really close. He's such a good boy. Two people I would kill in a heartbeat. Anybody who messes with my son and anybody who wears their pants below their um, their knees. <laughs> it's close. Yeah. Neck and neck. <laughs> yeah. 6.50 on your Friday morning. Joanne Areola from my neighborhood. Great, great council person. Had Vicky Palladino on a couple of days ago, but she's... Really, Bayside, Queens. In this case, Joanne is where I live, Rockaway Beach, Neponset, Bell Harbor, Howard Beach. So making her return to the Sid Rosenberg Show, my friend Joanne. Good morning. How are you? 
Good morning, Sid. It's great to be back on, and welcome to the neighborhood. Thank you. Uh, you know, I love living there. We were there for about, um, I don't know, seven months, and on that freezing cold Christmas day, you remember, Joe, the, uh, uh-huh. my pipes uh, froze and burst. So I have not been home living in my house since January 2nd, believe it or not. But the good news is I believe you've got a real date now, June 8th. We're going to go home and be back on the beach for the summer, which is great. But I found out a couple of pieces of information. Curtis Sliwa finds all this stuff out. And, Joy, I tell you, before Adams knows, before Hochul knows, before they get the checks, Curtis finds these things out. And it turns out, I guess, there are now two different spots in your district in my neighborhood, they're going to start housing illegals, one for Tilden, and the other we find out yesterday in Howard Beach, where I die in most Friday nights, the Cross Bay Motor Inn. Can you confirm and or deny those two spots are preparing for illegals? What I can say is that I don't think that a radio personality should take to the airwaves and put out information that's not confirmed. I haven't heard anything about any hotels in Howard Beach, especially Howard Beach, which it is uh, the one hotel he mentioned is run by people who live in this neighborhood and would never put migrants in their hotel. The other uh, in Ozone Park, and there's not been any indication that they're going there. As far as... Uh, I'll tell you one one thing. You can say uh, radio personality shouldn't do it. Curtis Slee has been 100% right about all of it. And if I had a bet right now, despite what you just said, I'll bet on him on the Cross Bay Motor Inn, too. So when you say it shouldn't be a radio personality, he's the only guy telling the truth. Because, quite frankly, if we have to rely on politicians, not you, but politicians, all liars. So you can call out radio personalities all you want. He's been 100% up to this point, and my money is. Howard Beach is next. Well, when the mayor is saying that everything is on the table, you can kind of throw a dart at any point on on a map. And if three or four out of the, the, the properties that you're mentioning are where you hit, there's likelihood that that would become a shelter at this point. There's already been meetings. But there's already he, been meetings. Joanne, there's already been meetings with the Cross Bay Motor Inn. I mean, you have to know this. I mean, there's already been meetings. There was a meeting yesterday. Yeah. With the, uh, we had an asylum seeker meeting yesterday. Uh, We were talking about what we are facing. I've been sounding the alarm on this migrant crisis from day one. I knew the consequences of letting this crisis get ahead of us, and now it has. The mayor has two executive orders that loosen the city's legal restrictions on right to shelter rules here in the city. I asked the hard question, the $64,000 question. Is the mayor considering further strengthening the current legal restrictions on the right to shelter rules that would stop the entry at our borders. And the answer was that the legal department was exploring ways. Right. I found that encouraging, right? Yeah, he went to court a couple of days ago, Eric Adams. He is exploring that. But, I mean, uh, Joanne, listen, what I need you to do here is not take a radio person to task, not give the mayor credit for some bullcrap court appearance a couple of days ago. I need you to be pissed. Because if we don't oh, get... believe me. Okay, but so we need... I, to, so, I, I'm not so, taking him to task. I'm asking him not to fear monger. 
Okay, well, and as a member of the Common Sense Caucus, we've been writing letters. We've been making calls. I've been in touch with each and every one of our elected officials from the federal government down to local. When, when Kathy Hochul sent the letter to Joe Biden, this is not a city problem. This is a Joe Biden problem. This is a Kathy Hochul problem. While everybody else is scrambling and looking and to see how we can secure our borders, Joe Biden is asleep at the wheel, and Kathy Hochul is looking for real estate instead of saying, hey, put the brakes on. We, we don't want to be, at this point, let's rescind the sanctuary state status of our, of our uh, state, and let's just stop the flow. If you were a surgeon, Sid, you would stop the flow of blood at its origin. Well, listen, I, I, the choice of origin I, I, is... I get it. I get it. Uh, but we're, we're so far away from that right now. Yes, it's 100 percent true what you're saying. It's all about Biden. It's all about the borders, Mayorkas, all of it. But right now, by the time we get to that, you'll have another 100,000 illegals here. Right now, we got to make sure when, when Kathy Hochul says a couple of days ago, I got to tell you, I'm looking at Floyd Bennett Field. I throw up in my mouth. I live a mile away. My, my kid goes to day camp. I agree. Okay? So so what I need uh, people to do is it is coming. It's not I don't want to hear about rumors. It is coming. Get ready for it and do what Ed Day did in Rockland County a couple of weeks ago and threaten to punch somebody across the face, not wait for Sanctuary City to go away, not wait for the border to be strengthened. That's not happening tomorrow. But these illegals, they could be in my neighborhood in Bell Harbor in two weeks, and I don't want it. In order for that to happen, the governor would have to then commit federal dollars to infrastructure, to schools, to hospitals, to transportation. It's just not feasible. We are in a flood zone, whether it's Fort Tilden or Fort Totten or Floyd Bennett Field. It's just not feasible. And I'm not going to candy coat it, but we held a meeting right in Bell Harbor with over 300 people the other night, and we are at the ready. We are at the ready. When you say we have to be pissed, no. We have to be organized. That's what we have to be. Oh, that's fine. I'll, ta- I'll take we organized. Have to then yep. push yep. back. I take that. Push I mean, I, back. And I, that's what I do every single day. I get it. I at got the city council. I got an hysterical text from Margaret Powers, whose husband Paul King ran against Gregory Meeks. You may remember last year. Margaret's a lovely lady, lives in Bell Harbor. She sent me a hysterical text last Saturday morning when she became aware that Hochul was mentioning Floyd Bennett Field, and she said to me, "Sid, help us." Now, I am just a dopey radio host like Curtis. I'm not in your position. I'm not a council member. I'm not the mayor. I'm not the governor. I've got a big voice, bigger than all of you. But I can't do anything, to be completely honest, about this. But when people reach out to me and say, to me and say, Sid, help, forget about fear monger. It's already there. They're scared to death, Joanne, scared to death that something's going to happen in their neighborhood. I understand neighborhood. that, which is why I was in their neighborhood. Margaret is a dear friend. Paul is a dear friend. Margaret's part you know, we work together in our office. I received that letter from Paul on Friday night, immediately picked up the phone, called Grace Mang, called uh, Hakeem Jeffries, called Greg Meeks. I did not sit on my laurels. The thing is, there are people who talk and there are people who do. And Sid, I'm doing the job. I was elected to protect you and your quality of life. And that's exactly what I'm doing it, doing. I am fighting every day to make sure that D32 is a safe place to live. I'm involved with every nuance of this issue in contact with our constituents, elected officials on every level of government, private industry, city agencies, the administration, our religious institutions, and we are at the ready. Will we need to protest? We're there. 
We don't want any migrants in our schools. We don't want them in our public libraries. We don't want them on our federal properties. This is a Kathy Hochul problem. There's plenty of room in this state. We need to start busing migrants out instead of welcoming them yeah. in. Uh, that is a great job out of you, and I agree with everything, and you are the right lady for the job, and you know I love you both personally and professionally, but it's not a Kathy Hochul problem it's my problem when I go to the beach in June in Bell Harbor and I see illegals walking up and down the beach. That's not her problem. She's in Buffalo. That's my problem. But I understand what you're saying. The the governor and the president, it goes much bigger than just what we're dealing with here. Correct. But, but right Correct. now, right now, we got to fix this. And if it means, like you said, organizing, protesting, I'll do whatever it takes. And I do believe, Joanne, you are the right woman for the job. You know that. So thank you very, very I'm much. Certainly, I'm certainly up for it, and I'm certainly watching it very closely. And and if there are any changes, I would be the first one to say it, and I would say it right on your show. I appreciate that. I appreciate you coming on this morning. You are absolutely great. All I'm going to say is keep up the fight. Thank you. Always will. All right. Take care. There she is. Our district, Lewis. That's our lady. We both live there. Feisty. She did get a little feisty She's there. ready to rock. Oh, she don't want to hear some radio personality making these rumors. These aren't rumors. <laughs> Let me tell you something. He's been 100% right. And um, I ain't waiting for something to happen here. I'm not going to be on the beach for July 4th and have 100 illegals walking down Beach 135. It ain't going to happen. With their damn pants around their ankles. Even worse, thank you for that, Justin. Oh, <laughs> All right, so no pretty... shirt and the pants down. <laughs> oh, God. Ugh. Pretty good hour number one. We just getting started, folks. Curtis Lee, we're going to come on next. He may have a retort to Joanne Ariola. What do you think? If you change this channel, you're nuts. Hour number two of New York's favorite talk show, that's me, is coming at you. Let me catch my breath. Radio 77 WABC. This is Sit and Friends in the Morning. Disco Friday when Curtis Lee was here. Friday morning, 7-11 here in New York City. Big guest list still to come your way. Comedian Chanel Omari makes her debut on the program. Gordon Chang, he claims it's just about here. China versus the United States. Get ready for World War III. Greg Kelly. I know some of you are shocked, but yes, Greg Kelly and Dick Girardi on tomorrow's big horse race. The second leg of the Triple Crown, the Preakness at Pimlico. 
But right before Curtis just came on, I had my city council lady on. I live in Queens, Rockaway, Bell Harbor, with Joanne Ariola, and I thought she was going to come on and be like, thankful. Hey, Sid, thank you. You're doing a great job. You're letting listeners know what's really going on out there. Curtis Sliwa has been. And instead, I got to tell you, and it turned out nice at the very end of the conversation, but a lot of that conversation was testy. She was on the defensive. She was calling out radio hosts, I believe, like you and I. So I'm going to ask you, Curtis Sliwa, who, by the way, is in Phil Mushnick's column in today's New York Post, the Guardian Angel being honored by Major League Baseball. Congratulations. But I'm going to ask you, what was that all about? Well, I would suggest to Joanne Ariel, instead of uh, knocking herself out, talking to Hakeem, Jeffries, Gregory Meeks, I've been talking to everybody like a Yenta. I've been talking to everybody on the phone. Hey, lady, look at the Howard Beach Facebook page. That's all you got to do. My friend Lynn just said it's right there. I mean, when I said Cross Bay Motor in, she never really killed me on the Fort Tilden stuff because Kathy Hoke was on record talking about Floyd Bennett Field. But when I said Cross Bay Motor in, she's like, no, that's uh, that's a rumor. I know the family. Well, it turns wait, out, Curtis, wait, you know the family, wait, too. Wait, wait. I think she's referring to the Surfside Motel. Now, let's be honest here. Let's go back to your frisky days when you had testosterone crashing through your cranium there, Sid. Yeah. You'd have Evelyn Champagne King on the radio. You'd have a hot-to-trot femme fatale that you were, like, already prematurely exploding with. Yeah. And you had a choice. As you were on Cross Bay Boulevard going from Old Stone Park, you saw the Cross Bay Motor in right there before the Conduit and the Bell Parkway. And then if you said, no, 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 I'm going to go over to the Joseph Adabo Senior Bridge to Broad Channel. <laughs> and then there's the Surfside Motel there. Which one did you choose? Come on, Sid, be honest with me. I know them both very, very well. Inside and out? Inside and out. What about Bo Dito? I bet you he knows something very well, too. The truth is I would probably make my way through Queens knowing both motels, hotels, and end up at the Golden Gate or the Windjammer. But I know both of those motels very well. And that gentleman you talked about, who the causeway is named after. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Joe Adabo Jr. is now the state senator. By the way head of the state senate gambling commission so everybody who wants these casinos are knocking on the door a uh, joseph adabo jr follow the money right and that's follow that's, the money Sid. his father was a big deal very uh, reminiscent if you will of my dear friend tom sullivan talking about fort tilden breezy point the sullivan family brian just turned 60 mike tom won his race we know that they absolutely 1,000% stole it from him. This lady, Stacy, is another victor because of nepotism. Fight for right. A thief, a crook. And let me tell you something. I don't trust any Republican. I don't trust any Democrat. I tell you over and over. They get wine dined in pocket line. They put window shades on their eyes, cotton balls in their ears, a zipper on their mouth. Then remember. The mayor drops these illegals on you with a 24-hour notice. Look at what they're doing to Naomi up in the Irish Alps, the Jewish Himalayas, Monticello. 24 hours notice, and the county exec 
I warned you. And there's nothing they can do. Once that bus gets oh, there, that's it. They should have done what Ed Day did that's and right. what Yvette Aguilar, the supervising Riverhead. Remember I announced yes, on your show? Yes. And that's what I'm telling Joanne. I go, don't tell me these are rumors. You met at the yacht club in Bell Harbor with 300 people. Do what Ed Day did. Threat to punch somebody across the face. She goes, well, we're not pissed. We're organized. Well, that's great. You got to be both because you know, Curtis, you've got the facts the Cross Bay well, Motor see, Inn in see, Howard Beach, see. that is 1,000% in play, yes? Listen to the name, Sam Patel. Sam Patel, his name always seems to surface out there. You saw my wife Nancy here with her laptop yes. computer. She has coronary problems. She Sorry. had to go for a battery of tests yesterday. We'll get the results on Monday. She was working on. on this. She was working on the Cross Bay Motor Inn. Joe Adabo Jr. Hey, you like those campaign donations, don't you, politicos out there? They have gotten in line to queue. Remember when Eric Adams said, I'm like Monty Hall, let's make a deal. Everything is on the table. Joanne Ariola said, the mayor said everything is on the table. Schmuck, pots, everything is on the table. It's let's make a deal. You sign a lease for a year or more. If these illegal aliens are in a residence for 30 days, you know what their status becomes? Residence. Yes, yes. You cannot get rid of them. So you can listen to Jerry. Uh, what, what's her name? What, what, what's your, your councilwoman's name? Joanne Ariola. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Fearmonger, Curtis Lee with Fearmonger, Sid Rosenberg, Fearmonger. We're just a bunch of dopey radio hosts. We know more than all 51 members of the city council. Uh, listen, uh, I, I really don't. I do because of you, and I've given you credit everywhere from Jesse Waters on Fox News to Newsmax to an article I did just a couple of days ago, Brian Kilmeade's radio show. I give you all the credit. Hold on. Can I, can I but mother, interject? Even Vicki Palladino who now her voice is everywhere, and I love Vicky. I love her. We need more fighters like Vicky. When she was on a couple of days ago, I felt like because of you, I had to school her too. So my question is, all these council members who are knee-deep in this stuff and meeting every oh, single day. we know day, everybody. The marketing yeah. much. Yeah, what, what do they really know? Well, well let me get, can, can, can we grab Noam Layden for a second, please? Uh, Noam. Noam, Noam. Um, come in here, right? I broke a story yesterday. You gotta listen to me twelve to one. Okay. Sidless. By, by the way, the the Cross Bay Motor Inn uh, is in Ozone Park, according to my dear. Right, Ozone Charlie Park, Marino. but it's yeah. right before yeah. Howard Beach. Right. You go on the Conduit or the right. Bell Park. Right? Hey, hey, schmuck. Of course, we know where it is. <laughs> I mean, Sid has been there so many times. He's yeah. been hanging from the ceilings. By the way, they leave condoms, use condoms in the rooms. They have roaches, they have rats. It yeah. smells like ganj in the hallway. I know it does. It's like the smell of reefer. That's why I hey, like it there. Hey, no lady. Get over here, no man. Come on. Oh, by the way, this the, the, is more important. Well, now, the surf hotel you're talking about, that is in Howard Beach. Yes, of course. Yes. Right before Charlie you go Bay over the yes. bridge, right? Yes. How many times have you been at the surf site? Okay, look at Sid. Hey, Bo Dino, how many times have you hit both in one night, right? <laughs> with two different gumadas. Anyway, Gnome Laden, yesterday again, he met me with a frown right before the 12 noon uh, uh, program that I host, 12 to 1. I said, you know, uh, Gnome, the film industry in New York City is now working with the Adams administration, sending their location scouts out to look for places to put the illegal aliens. Did I tell you that, Gnome? You did. Uh, did you check it? We did. 
And what happened? We uh, spoke with the um, Mayor Adams spoke uh, news uh, press spokesperson, Fabian Levy, yeah. and he confirmed that, yes, they were using film location scouts to find places to shelter migrants. What don't you know, Curtis? What don't you know? You Look, know it all. Sid, let's give credit where credit is due. Uh, you know me. I'm the biggest rat on two legs. I eat the Parmesan right. cheese. You make Sammy Gravano look like a dancer. Right. <laughs> but... I grew up in Canarsie. Yeah. There are so many civil servants who grew up with me. They're ready for retirement. They're on their way to Boca Raton. They don't give a flying flip. Oh, God. They, they burn my phone. Yeah. Because they're the ones. They got to sign off on this. Eric Adams doesn't sign off. These are all civil servants. These are people who've been there forever. They were there when Rudy was there. Bloomberg was there. The Blasio was there. They're there with Adams. They got, they got one foot out the door, pension guaranteed, right? They got all their points, and they're saying to Eric Adams, here, F you. I'm going right to Curtis Lee with this information, and everything is proven to be correct. Everyone. So, Joe and Ariella, you could be a yenta out there. Oh, I talk to the Congress people. I talk to my colleagues. I talk to the mayor's office. The mayor gives you 24-hour notice. Naomi is up there. Oh, she's, she's furious. She's furious. She's they, furious. They gave 24 What I, was the name of the kid who took to the streets in Wisconsin with a gun and started <laughs> shooting people that night in the summer of a... Uh, remember that kid? <laughs> That's going to be Naomi Rosenberg, 88 years old. They gave the county exec there 24 hours notice. He didn't listen to me, Sid. I said, get the preemptive injunction. Yeah. And he wouldn't do it. No, they're not going to do that. You know, they're like Joanne Ariola. They're not good. You're a fear monger. You're just a dopey radio host. Hey, Joanne, Howard Beach Facebook page. Go on the freaking page of your own residence. <laughs> and we're talking new Howard Beach, old Howard Beach, and yes, even Hamilton Beach, Broad Channel, the Rockaways, Fort Tilden, east of uh, Jacob Reese Park, west of the Irish Riviera, right? The place where everybody wants to go, where they have Checkpoint Charlie right there, where you can't go in there. Oh, Breezy Point. And they're going to drop these illegals right in Fort Tilden, and everybody's going to say, how could they do this? We have a councilwoman, Joanne Ariola. We got Joseph Abate Jr. Follow the money, ladies and gentlemen. You can't trust any Republican. You can't trust any Democrat. They'll sell you out in a second. All of these LLCs are owned by men and women who hide behind it. Nancy Sliwa is working 24-7. She's been in real estate. She's an e-attorney. She has a coronary problem. We are out to bust all of you. You better be in fear of the company of Sliwa and Sliwa. We are a demolition crew, and we are coming for you because this is against America. This is against our state. This is against New York City. This is a double disgrazia, a double shanda. You can attack my credibility, but I eat the Parmesan cheese. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you're out there, blow up my phone. Right out these politicos as they go to their fundraisers. And all they want to know, do the checks bounce? Does this guy's checks bounce? Hey, Sam Patel, we're coming after you. The Q Motor in Park, right? You don't like it? Sue me. Go ahead, show me, see who's right, Joanne Ariola.
Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at PriorityGoldGuide.com. That's Priority PriorityGoldGuide.com. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Told the wet sprocket for you. Something's always wrong. 7.32 on your Friday morning with New York's number one talk show. By far, nothing's... I mean, Simone, I think, is close. He's actually not very close. It's not even close. So thank you to the listening audience for making Sid and Friends your voice here in New York. A couple of very interesting conversations there. Joanne Ariola and Curtis Sliwa. My friend Lim brings up a point. Howard Beach... Frankie Russo, where are you? Russo's on the bay. I know he sold that, but he still owns, what is it, Vetro? You know, there's another little motel, I believe, in between the Cross Bay Motor Inn and the Dollar Tree store. That, yeah. Right, I, Leslie Soto's telling me that. Going north, Yeah, I think. and she says that there have been migrants there forever. They're already there. So I'm not sure how Joanne can be so uh, cocksure. And you can say cocksure, which is great. <laughs> as many times as you can want to say, they'll cut sure, yeah. That they ain't coming to Howard Beach. They're already there, according to folks. So I don't know what the hell she's talking about. But where's Frankie Russo? Where's uh, you know Ronnie Cigars and all my tough Howard Beach guys? Where are all you guys? Come on, don't worry about the guy who owes you fifteen thousand. Keep the damn illegals out. That should be your job. Do you want to get tough? Get tough with that. Leave Stewart in Brooklyn alone, okay? He lost a Met game last night. He can't pay us, so what? We were looking for Frankie Russo, Henry. You know, I've done favors for you. <laughs> I sound like I'm listening to Goodfellas out there. I know. We, we had a guy here. It's not the same Frank Russo, obviously. But we had a guy who worked here named Frankie Russo, didn't we? That maniac on the weekends? Yeah. 
That's what I honestly just thought you were talking no, about. No, 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 no. I'm talking about Russo's on the Bay. <laughs> Not I'm like Frankie Russo? Russo's on the Bay. That's, That's so Russo, yeah. It could have been, you know. Like, so why is he paying us for a radio? I, I actually liked him. He was very nice to me and Bernard. And he was I mean, he was completely mind. unhinged. Yeah. And yeah, just, I mean, you had no right really being on radio. But he's a nice guy. He's kind of smart and funny, but... Just out of control, you know. I mean, I'm out of control, but I can regain some composure and do a very serious interview. He he couldn't do that. He was just it was just complete craziness. You know? Some of these people, like you are, you're actually nice to everybody. You come out and you you talk to some of them. Yeah, they're in out la la land. I swear <laughs> to God, they're coming in and out of here. A lot of the hosts, they just okay. You got to know. Okay, he's he's a little bit crazy. Yeah. And, 20 minutes into the show and then it gets better and then he gets crazy and right it's that's why working with all the personalities you got to know you got to uh, know yeah, justin has told me things and you know phil used to tell me oh no they're really crazy they're well crazy. one of those personalities and there's always seemed to be a rift between the two of us and it's not coming from me because i'm the champ i don't bother myself <laughs> with people who get but greg kelly who is on one to three every day and I'll say it again, congratulations to Greg on kicking CNN's ass. In fact, I'll be honest, if I'm Chris Ruddy and I'm across the street, I give Greg Kelly a better time slot than 10 o'clock. In fact, you know what I would do? i put him on at 9, put him up against uh, that uh, Caitlin Collins, that amateur, who's about to take over 9 o'clock at CNN, and whoever Fox News puts on. There is a rumor that I read on Drudge Report a couple of days ago the Fox News is ready to do this. You ready? Primetime. Sean Hannity, 8. My buddy Jesse Waters, I'm on his show every month, 9. Greg Gutfeld, 10. Now, I don't know what happened to Laura Ingram in that case, but we'll talk about all of that with Greg Kelly coming up at uh, 9.05 this morning. We've also got uh, a really funny lady, cute girl, Chanel Omari. She's got a big show to help the hungry. A big comedy show. She'll be live in studio. We've got Gordon Chang. we got a whole bunch of good stuff coming your way. Also, traffic with Joe Nolan. But right now, it's time for the 77 WABC minicast clip of the day. Everything you need to know in under 10 New York minutes. Download, excuse me, download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And get the max out of the mini. I always think of pads when I hear that. I don't know why. You, you, you should be more cocksure of that one. <laughs> you did there? <laughs> this is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Very serious show so far. My my uh, councilwoman Joanne Ariola was on at six forty, and uh, she says she's fighting for me and all my neighbors and all these rumors about Fort Tilden and and uh, Floyd Bennett Field and of course across Motor Inn, Cross Bay Boulevard, Howard Beach. She contends they're just rumors, and she's wrong. She's just wrong. I love her. I'm glad she's fighting for me. I live there. But we're not waiting for Joanne or anybody else to figure this thing out. We're not. We don't care what the mayor says. He doesn't tell the truth. 
We don't care what, quite frankly, the council people say, even Republicans, because they don't even know. I can't tell you how many of these stories have been broken the last couple of weeks by Curtis. He knows before Vicky and Joanne and all these ladies, and I love these ladies. I love them. But they don't know. And then when they find out, they know they, they're, they're tied to so many other people in politics. You think I give a rat's ass what Kathy Hochul says, that lying witch? I'm going to wait for the border to be secure. Are you nuts? You know, 16,000 illegals walking on Beach 134 in Bell Harbor this summer, waiting for the secure the border to get secure? You're out of your mind. Like I said, Ed Day said it. I'll say it, too. I will punch somebody across the face before I let that happen. So Curtis was great. We're going to talk to Greg Kelly. Gordon Chang says, U.S. versus China, it's coming. Get ready, World War Three. He's always a blast on a Friday. He'll join us coming up at 840. Yeah, he's a lot of laughs. What was this tweet that he sent out? They basically said we're all going to die. He's not even kidding. Get ready for the inconceivable or something <laughs> yeah, yeah. like that. Just, this just guy's on Fox News. It's, it's not, like a, not like a comedy show like Chanel's about to talk to us about. This guy's on Fox News. Get ready for the inconceivable. <laughs> the Chinese are going to kill all of us. I hope it's uh, after May 27th, so Chanel gets her show in. <laughs> She's got a big show coming up. Chanel Omari is uh, one of the great comedians we've got in New York today. Lovely young lady, does her own podcast as well. Chanel in the City, which you clearly stole from Sex in the City. Yeah. <laughs> How do you get away with that? Well, I wouldn't say stole. I would say imitation, imitating. Yeah. Oh, you stole it. Um, <laughs> no, he stole the name. I love how it's yeah. blunt. You're more blunt than a comedian. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I'm, see, I told you this a couple of days ago. Yeah. I've been offered time and time again. There was one night, true story, there's a comedy club called Pips in Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn. Uh-huh. Andrew Dice Clay started there. Uh, who was the uh, David uh, Great uh, comedian? Died a couple of years ago. Went to Brooklyn College. Come on. He was on Carson all the time. Rodney Dangerfield? No. no. Well, he didn't start there, but he's he was a great comedian. His first name was David. He had his own club. David? Uh, David Brenner. David, yeah. David Brenner. And, and even uh, Joan Rivers all performed yeah. there. So it's like the mid-80s, I'm all coked up and drunk, you know, like you were last night. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and they go, you want to do a, a amateur night? And I did it. And I was horrible. So I've been offered Danny Zoldan, now that I'm famous and good-looking and all that stuff, right. uh, go and host one of these shows, and I just won't do it. Nothing in life scares me other than preparing material. Now, my former partner, Bernard, God rest his soul, he was great with that. See, I'm much funnier than Bernard off the cuff, but he can prepare great material. You can do both, I guess, right? Yeah, so here's the thing. There's a lot of debate here in the comedy world about that, right? About getting great material to be a great comic. I don't believe in that. So no. I opened up for Cedric the Entertainer before the pandemic, and what he taught me was being a great comic is about being off the cuff, being a great storyteller, and just making it funny. It's not necessarily about the punches every second. You know, right, that's right. a little bit of – I get the art of that. You know who does that? Jackie Martling does that. Yeah. He says – he gives you – and he's funny as hell, but he gives you like a million jokes in 30 seconds. And some people are great at that, you yeah. know? And I do love writing material, and it's very hard. I understand why it's nerve-wracking for someone like you as well, you know, because yeah. after reality TV, I went back into it, and I was – and I, I wrote my jokes. I knew they were funny, but sometimes you perform them in front of certain crowds, and you bomb. That's just the beauty yeah. of it. Well, what do you do? Like like me, I'm in a radio studio. Yeah. So I get the ratings every day. Right. And thank God now I get great ratings. That wasn't the case even a year ago, two years ago. Uh, but, you know, no one's here to yell at me or heckle me or throw stuff at me. When you're in a comedy club, Dangerfields, for example, yeah. and, and no one's laughing, like, how do you make it through the whole act? That's the hardest thing, and that's happened to me a couple of times. You ever cry? Never. Never. It's yeah. the worst. You can't cry. That's actually, like, 
a big weakness for a comic. What I do is I'm really good at improv, so I'll do a lot of – it's called crowd work. And I'll just start picking on the people that hackle me. And I have a skill where, you know, if I compare them to a celebrity or an uglier version of them, you know, I try to take it easy. Right. That's when the crowd starts laughing. Or I'll be like, you know what? This went really bad. I'm going to kill myself slowly tonight. And then you get that huge laugh because – it's something that everybody can relate to sure. when you're putting yourself down. Well, you, know you what I mean? should. You, maybe one night just really you should set yourself on fire. Yeah. Just have somebody close by <laughs> so they can put the fire on. That'll, be, that'll go a long the way. The worst is when there's hot guys in the crowd and yeah. they're really not laughing there's at no you. There's no hot guys in the crowd. No, Will you stop it? I've gone to comedy clubs for 30 years. Everybody looks like Artie Lang. There's nobody good looking. Did you see the girls looking. these days? The, the women in the crowd? Well, that's different. It's a weird thing. It's very bizarre. The, yes. Now they have hot. They're not funny. I have a friend of mine who's actually a good-looking girl, mm-hmm. and she was the girl that Brett Favre, when he was the quarterback of the Jets, yeah. he sent her a picture of his penis. Yeah. She was the in-studio <laughs> oh, girl. The yeah, Jen Sturgeon. Yeah, yeah, she's hot. She's a comedian now out in Los Angeles. So she is one of the examples you're talking about. Yep. So for some reason, they're going, because I guess if you're good-looking, guys laugh anyway because they're such animals. Correct. There's a psychology right. behind it. And exactly. then you get more money. I get it. Sell more drinks. In my case, listen, I... Never put myself down. I think I'm pretty. You but, are. But, but, of course you are. But not and you're every, Jewish. I'm, and I'm Jewish, but I'm not universal. Like, not everybody. Today I had a comment that really pissed me off on my Instagram. They, this whole, like, oh, big cares? nose job, but I don't care. Well, you're Jewish. Right. And I got I'm a big nose, too. I'm proud of it. Right. I'm Barbara Streisand. Hello. Well, you, you actually remind me a little bit of Barbara Streisand. People say that, yeah, right? A young, a young a Barbara version. Streisand. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. I love yeah. her. She's an icon. But you clearly suffer from it. You have, you have horrible self-esteem issues. Horrible. You think? Oh, my God. Your poor mother, who is a huge <laughs> fan of this show. <laughs> a huge Her fan. mother loves me. She loves you. Yeah. But, She's but, obsessed that I'm on right now. She's like, oh, yeah, James What, what is her name? Donna. Donna. I love Donna. Yeah. But, yeah, you, you have, uh, and this is part of the reason why, you, see, I tell people this all the time. The more tortured you are in this field, mm-hmm. whether it's me doing radio, you doing comedy, the more tortured you are, the better you are. Correct. Think of all the great ones. Now, if you're completely competent, you've got great self-esteem, you're never going to make it. You're right. never going to make it. Because they don't like that arrogance. It's like you can relate to that, – that's why when you said when you bomb on stage or – or it, it's not that I'm insecure. My point is I work really hard for comedy, so I don't just get on stage because of my looks or not. And sometimes I might not you know, wow the crowd, but right. I'm okay with that yeah. because at the end of the day, we're performers, you and I. Right. And the only thing we're really here to do is perform. I think yeah. a lot of comics miss yeah. that. It's not about the joke or hitting the joke. It's about entertaining. Now, you've also got history in reality television. Yes. So <laughs> my dear friend, Bo Deedle. Bo Deedle, if you don't know him, this guy is like the biggest PI guy in the world. Mm-hmm. The company's worth like $40 million years ago. He was a big-time cop of like 20 years and now he's an actor. He's been in Goodfellas, The Irishman, Wolf of Wall Street. Yes. Remember the scene when Leonardo's calling Bo? He's in Rayo's. He's, yes. Yeah, that was That's Bo. it. That's oh, Bo. wow. Yeah. So he gets involved with Louis Ruelas and uh, Teresa Giudice. Uh-huh. And if you watch the Real Housewives of New Jersey finale on Tuesday, they're mentioning Bo Dito's name all night. He yes. was on page six for that. They you were mentioning that. him all yes. night. I was like, who's Bo Dito? Right. Well, it turns right. out they lied. And Louis said Bo's got information on all of you. And I told you I know some of these ladies. Yep. Years ago, I became friendly with Dolores and Margaret. These are the worst people God ever created. They're the <laughs> worst. I happen to like Margaret. She's a nice lady. But, and and you, uh, you live in this, this uh, yes, crazy this world. world. Well, I had a show called Princesses of Long Island a girl, years ago. A girl was on my show many times years ago named Amanda Cipriani. She was on that yeah, show. Yeah, she, she was a cast member of mine. Yeah. It was a great show. It, was at the, it came out at the wrong time. It was a big phenomenon. It was like a mini Housewives. And from that show... After the show, I started a podcast called Chanel and City, and I started having a lot of Bravo talent, including all the housewives we just mentioned. Yeah. 
And you're right. It's it's tough because you're around these people and it's not real. It's not reality. No, right. It's not. And they're used to a different type of lifestyle. Yeah. These people are different. You know, they're just used to like not I wouldn't say drama, but confronting you in real no, life. No, it's drama. You have to Do you know understand. what I'm saying? Like they'll confront yeah. you in real life. I, I but that's get for used the show. That. I mean, and I, I I've been with these ladies out for dinner and stuff. But what's wrong with that, though, to confront in real life? Because the comedians also told me. It's a very big transition from reality to you can't just be confronting people, but like that's life, isn't it? I know that, but he wants you to create a storyline. Correct. So if you're living a relatively boring life, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. You got a husband or a boyfriend, you got two kids, you live in a nice house in New Jersey, but it's relatively boring. Right. You won't you won't make it on the show. You're right. They're not gonna pay you four hundred thousand or Teresa's case one point two million. So they actually text these girls and go, What is your storyline? And the girls start to freak out. So they will actually Hurt people, right. hurt people they love, start fights with people, all to satisfy the storyline quota for their TV show. And it is real life. What's going on between Melissa Gorga and Teresa, that's real, real life. life. Yeah. And that's disgusting. A brother and a sister, that's not good TV. And by the way, because of that, they've now stopped filming. Real Housewives, they may come back in the fall, they may not, but that's disgusting. Well, that's the thing, too. I had an issue with that with reality TV. You're right. It's If you don't have that proper, you're always competing for that storyline, and that's kind of like selling your soul to the devil. That's exactly. not for someone like me. Right. I'd rather be doing what you're doing, what we're doing in entertainment, instead of every time trying to hurt someone just to have that storyline. Yes. And you're talented enough to do exactly what, uh, what I'm you. doing. You do it every day against Chanel you the heard city. It? You heard it, everybody? Yes. Sid Rosenberg said it. I don't want to hear anything from anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> Lou, did you hear that? She that's actually that said matters. Sid Rosenberg. If I say it, then that's all that matters that's to Chanel. That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. I made my day. So tell me about this uh, this big night. You're doing something very, very nice. Yeah. It is a night of all-star comedy. Um, by the way, have you ever done Coke with Audie Lang? I've never done Coke. <laughs> Not with anybody? No, I've never tried that yeah, drug. You're never going to make it. Uh, you still of... see how I am already? How... <laughs> I mean... If I did Coke, I'd be a prostitute <laughs> on 42nd Street begging. Huh? It'd be bad. It'd be like... I got to tell it's you, the, gone wrong. The, the money's better than the comedians. I know, I know it is, it is. It's a night of all-star comedy in honor of City Harvest. And City Harvest is here to end hunger in New York City. You feed the homeless. Yeah. We work for uh, two very philanthropic people. Philanthropic, that's a tough word. John and Margot Katzmatidis. And they work with everybody. So they'll appreciate this as much as we will. Tell us about this uh, big night and exactly what you're looking to raise. All right. Well, we have a great comedy show. It's called the All-Star Comedy Show. So basically I book the best comedians on Netflix, Comedy Central, all over the world. We have a lineup. I host a show. It's May 27th. You got Dave Chappelle, right? Uh, one day. Just say yes. Yes, we got Dave Chappelle. We had Cedric the Entertainer on. That's good. You know, that's a big deal. We, yeah. You know, we had... Um, uh, Jeff Ross on. So there's like some big people oh, that the, come on. That he roasted me once. He did? And He's the, the best roaster ever. Uh, the best. And at the time, he was still friends. Who's the fat kid? He died. He was his best friend. He was very funny. The guy oh, Chris Farley. No, not Chris no? Farley. He talked about the Chinese buffet. You were here for an hour. For an hour. You buy nothing. Um, um, Come on. He was a, a Frankie, big fat guy. He was Jeff Ross's best friend. See, I was in that whole world just See, so you that, know. Right, that I whole know world. All I know these what guys. The, yeah. yeah. Okay, so you had Jeff Ross. But then we also have the younger comedians like Jessica Kirsten, who's hilarious. Yes. Oh, his and, name was John Panette. I'm sorry. Go ahead. John yeah. Panette. And uh, Cypher Sound. So we've had like major people, you know, drop in. 
Um, and then, of course, like the native New York com- comedians, Mar- uh, May 27th at 9 p.m. at the Grizzly Pear Midtown. It's a new hot bar restaurant. I've never heard of that. It's, it's not a comedy club. It, it's a it's a comedy club. They had one in McDougal Street. That was their flagship one. Oh. Um, and now they have one in Midtown. But it's great to get food right before the show. It starts at 9 p.m. We're raising money for City Harvest. City Harvest is a, a charity near and dear to my heart. Why is that? Because Why is that? It's one of the most legit charities that I've done due diligence I'll tell you on. Why. I'll give you a better, and they feed the you, hungry. You want the better answer? Yeah. In the profession you're in? Yeah. You're seconds away from being one of them. <laughs> <laughs> He's right, though. There's your With answer. The money I'm making in comedy is nothing. I, yeah, I literally seconds. go and I eat for free. That's why I do it. I swear. I'm like, Mom, don't worry about me. I got food. I'm here with the homeless eating. It's on that Chanel. She was just on the show. I don't understand. Uh, they, I, I was a princess of Long Island, and now I became homeless to feed the hungry. No. Let me tell you something. They eat well. What we do is we go to Whole Foods, and Whole Foods downtown wow. leaves us the extra food. We go. We clean it. We bag it. And we're feeding them the right nutritionist food, just oh. just like anybody else, That's you know, nice. That's so nice. that they feel good and they feel like they're yeah. humans and they still need to eat just yeah. as good as any anybody else. Every you know? Wednesday night, uh, my friend Niles and those guys, they feed the homeless uh, right by Madison Square Garden. And the oh, mayor nice. goes, and I've gone with Mayor Eric Adams two or three times to help feed the homeless yeah. on Wednesday nights. That's nice. Yeah, it is I nice. love doing that. You know, you feel good. I, I've I been did. raised with charity and I've been raised to do... At, at some point, I felt very selfish with comedy just, just to make people laugh because it's also kind of a narcissistic thing to just get attention. Yeah. So I needed something else to say, why am I making people laugh? It's not just for the attention. It's to help somebody else. It's to wait, raise awareness for City Harvest to help feed the hungry. At least we're putting ourselves out there, right, in this way awesome. to do something good. It's great. You're, you're, so you're we're very... trying to raise any money, anything. And by the way, you can help out if you don't have the money. No problem. Go to cityharvest.org. You can volunteer. It's that easy. Cityharvest.org. Yeah. And you can make donations there, too. Make donations there, okay. too. Yeah. And again, quickly, we've got 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. For people that want to go May 27th, what's the best way to make sure they get in? TheGrizzlyPair.com. You can also use a discount code right now for $10 a ticket because it's $25, uh, $20 right now. Uh, use Chanel in the City code. Tell them Chanel in the City sent you. Also do that for City Harvest, and you'll be in good hands. How many days a week do we hear Chanel in the City? Once a week. You can hear it on iHeartRadio, Spotify, all the pl- uh, podcast platforms. Uh, we got a great... Uh, interview coming up with the Summerhouse cast. I don't oh, know really? if people are yeah, uh, yeah like Summerhouse fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really great course, interview. Um, it's a great show, great season. Yeah. I think you're going to get a lot of clarity yeah. if if you want from the season. So. Great, great is probably a stretch, but it's cute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're great. You trying to make to myself great. important here. <laughs> I, I do like, watch not, it. I do watch the show. And I like it when they take the Summerhouse folks and put them with the housewives and yeah, they, the, they the, mix the, it up. The, the, yeah, the mix up. Yeah. That's what I, I hope. Hopefully you'll see me back on TV. Maybe I'll be on a mix up show one be. day. You're, you know, you're, you're pretty. You're smart. Thank you're funny. You got it all going for you. Where are all the guys then? Well, Sydney, uh, where are all the guys? Th- to be honest, the guys in, that you would like, because yeah. I think I got to know you in the last 15 minutes, yeah. they're in prison. Uh, <laughs> I'll go on. You can take my yeah. headshot. I can tell right. she likes the man. Who said that? Yeah. You, you got some pretty good looking guys in this building, but I don't know if they're married or I'm not a home wrecker. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, you'll, be then, feeding, you'll be feeding them, but see, the city hardest probably. You're talking about me. we got to wrap this up. Chanel was great. Chanel Omari, folks, check her out. And of course, check out that big night, May 27th. Chanel. In the city, her podcast drops once a week. 
Oh, you went to it, didn't you? <laughs> you went to it. She has. She definitely has the Streisand. She does. Do I? Barbara Streisand. I should play her. I hope to play her in a movie. If anybody hears this, I should do Funny Girl all over again. Oh my God, yeah. that'd be She's amazing. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. That'd be perfect. Yeah. Good for you, then. Good for your mother, Donna. Sounds Thank like you. a great lady. Oh. We have uh, two more great hours coming your way, folks. Been a great two hours already. We're going to talk to Gordon Chang, Craig Kelly, and more. Eight o'clock hour is next. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. theme song for the migrants, the illegals, who are even considering, well, it's not their fault, they go where you tell them to go. Maybe the politicians, including the mayor, don't put these people anywhere near me. Not Fort Tilden, not Floyd Bennett Field, nowhere in Howard Beach, not the Cross Bay Motor Inn, not the Surfside Motel. Nowhere near me. Don't come around here no more. We're going to fight you, like Ed Day did. And I mean, I felt like I basically had a fight with Joanne Ariola this morning. I thought she was coming on and would be thanking me. You know? At the number one show in New York. I got a huge voice. These are her constituents. It's her district. She's good friends with Margaret Powers and Paul King. Well, Margaret Powers is the one who sent me an hysterical text last Saturday morning. Keep these effing people out. And she was like fighting with me, Joanne. You and Curtis, radio guys. Yeah, we know a lot of stuff. And we're not going to take it. 
I did make a mistake a couple of days ago. I said that we're not going to take it. it. Was quiet riot. I got about a million messages. It's twisted system. Well, I know. I got messages actually yeah. too. For What's his name again? He's been on my show a million times. A lead singer. He's an actor too. Um, Had a show in Connecticut. Oh, yeah. he used to beat Stern. Car- Carlo. No, Car- it's not that. D. Oh. Snyder. D. Snyder. Oh, oh, twisted system. Yeah, twisted system. Yeah, yeah so. D. Snyder. But no, we're not taking it. And um, don't come around here. Don't do it. Put him on Rikers Island. We've been over this a million times. I mean, it just, it's, I'm sick of it. And I don't know, Eric Adams one day says something I really like. The next day, I don't. I, Listen, folks, easy. We got this. You know, so I want New Yorkers to know I'm made for this moment. I'm the mayor that this moment calls for, and we're going to navigate through this. And then the governor, I mean, I, I, I don't use the word hate a lot. I don't like the word. I hate her. I do. I hate her. Can't stand her. And I hate the guy before it, too. So we got a bunch of winners in this state, folks. we got a bunch of winners in this state. Can't get one good leader. Bunch of winners. It's New York. New York. Can't get one. Eric Adams sitting up there with Phil Murphy yesterday with Joe and Mika talking about Sika. (laughs) Uh, Soccer, I should say, and the... um, Seekers, important. Soccer. <laughs> Friday, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what was the other thing he was talking? Oh, the, uh, the the lie that uh, Prince Harry and Meghan were being chased by the paparazzi. Oh, that's big. I mean, they eventually did get to the migrant talk. In fact, play a couple of these. Here's the mayor on Morning Joe. He says, uh, this is actually good. Here's one good one for you. Like I say, he gives good, he gives bad. This one's good. He says, Democrats... Not doing well here. Eric Adams, cut number one. The Democrats, uh, we're losing this argument. You know, we have an obligation to stay true to what the, I believe the party stands for. And I think the entire party needs to get behind how we handle this mission. Senator Schumer, Congressman Jeffries, and the New York delegation, have, they have done an amazing job of getting resources. See? The resources have not gotten here, particularly through FEMA. See? Particularly through FEMA. Then he gives Chuck Schumer credit. Chuck Schumer is the biggest loser God ever created. He's a blood-sucking political lowlife. That's what he is. So here, Hochul, with breaking news yesterday. Maybe you haven't heard this. No, you got to write this down. According to Kathy Hochul with the migrants, are you ready for this? I'm ready. We're at a breaking point. Yeah, yeah. Oh, shocking. She just woke up, huh? Yeah. She's on uh, MSNBC, too. Here's the witch, cut number seven. Let us have a large field and operations. We can put up the tents. You're going to start seeing people living in tents, not just on the border, but in the streets of New York and across New York State, because we've reached a breaking point. You know how much this is costing us every day, these illegals? Joe Borelli, councilman Staten Island, he's going to tell you he was on Fox, cut number eight. Well, it's a sign our priorities are completely out of whack. I mean, this is a problem that's now costing $8 million a day. That's more than the entire FDNY, our fire department. Uh, that money could be going for homeless veterans. It could be going for school lunches. It could be going for uh, you know health care for the sick. It could be going for a whole bunch of services that the city provides. But because we've decided to have this, this woke experiment of being a sanctuary city, uh, we are now essentially boxed in by our own progressiveness uh, and, and and spending money we don't have. It's a shame, and I'm hoping the mayor finds some uh, off-ramp very soon. The best point of all, though, made by my dear friend, the pride of Shirley Long Island, the man that very nearly beat 
Kathy Hochul in the race for governor here in New York State. That's how good his campaign was and how pathetic hers was in a state that's like two and a half to one Democrat. He made the best point of all. It's not just about money. Lee Zeldin Lewis, cut number nine. There are Democrats who are now saying that there's an emergency. They're, they're using words like this is a crisis. They're right. But they're only asking for money. They have their hands out. They think that more money is going to fix it. I want to see somebody like a Kathy Hochul or an Eric Adams, these Democrats, to call up President Biden and say, finish construction of the border wall. Don't get rid of Title 42 unless you have a replacement. Enforce the Remain in Mexico policy. Support our Customs and Border Patrol agents and catch and release. They're not talking about policy solutions that will actually fix it. They're just saying, give us more money as if that's going to make this go away. Great points by Lee Zeldin. Another story that I really want to cover is this AM radio story. I got to give a lot of credit to my boss, my man, John Katsimatidis, who has uh, spoken out about this, gone to Vegas, gone to Washington, uh, put a PSA together with Mike Pence, wrote a great op-ed in the New York Post. John Katsimatidis, now, of course, he owns an AM station, us, more than one, so he's got skin in the game, but he realized that's how important AM stations are. So congratulations to John Katsimatidis for getting knee-deep in making sure new cars have AM radio. Right now, I'm not on FM. Could you imagine being in your car and having to listen to Elvis Duran or Boomer instead of me? Now, that is tragic. So thank you to John Katsimatidis. You know who thanked John Katsimatidis? The man who ran WFAN for the better part of 30 years. The great Mark Chonop, when he talked about AM radios on this show and their importance. Cut number 18. I mean, working at one of the great AM signals in New York was, of course, uh, WFAN, and they still operate on the AM. And I know that uh, your boss um, got, I guess, Mike Pence to record a PSA. Yep. And hopefully AM radio will survive. There's a lot of great radio stations that, for whatever the reason, are not on FM. And, uh, you know, I, I certainly hope the AM... AM dial remains an integral part of radio and stays in cars, but not my call. I just wish and hope that it does remain. It's it's deserved that, you know, not everybody can move over to FM for whatever the reason. And um, most AM signals, uh, especially whether it's the big cities or the small cities, do have a local purpose and a local reason for being there. And I just hope that it's successful, whatever Mr. Katsimatidis and um, the whole industry will be supportive and get to the automakers and, and just hope that uh, we can get the AM to still exist in cars. You know, before Chonoff ran WFAN, he was one of the many, like Lee Davis, so many others, Chris Olivero, who worked for Howard Stern. My guy Howard talked about AM radio two days ago. This is cut number 17. He wants to keep it, too. This kind of freaked me out. I was I was reading an article how how, like, a lot of car manufacturing companies now are eliminating am radio from the radios yes, yes that's uh it was announced a while ago and now it's actually happening they're just not going to put an am radio in there i think that's wrong and i'll tell you why because uh i'm a fan of a like okay i don't listen to am radio anymore i don't listen to any radio i listen to satellite i really mm-hmm. do not listen to radio I'm but i same. also don't i don't drive a lot and sometimes, like, talk shows and stuff are kind of cool on AM radio. And Thank you. I don't know. It seems to me they're – see, I'm one of those believers that AM radio could have a resurgence if they got the right people 
thinking outside the box with that thing. It's like a kind of an interesting medium. Now, if car well, I dealers, think that one of the things that has happened, Howard, is that AM radio stations are often owned by companies that have an FM station in the same town, and sometimes they just simulcast. Yeah, but this is like um, uh, programming on the say, you know, on each station. To me, it's like, um, like you know how like a lot of cab drivers in New York have like lost money because they bought those medallion licenses because uber's around now and it's like what about all those guys who bought am radio stations then if they're not available in car i mean yeah and then rosanna scotto on channel five yesterday good day new york very very popular show here in new york she was talking about this am radio story actually had uh, some girl talking about it after they passed legislation just a couple of days ago, you heard Dave Donovan on with Katz and Cosby, and Rosanna Scotto mentioned only one radio personality when she did this report. You have one guess. One guess. Go ahead, Lou. Um, Come on. Uh, Frankie Russo. No, no, it wasn't Frankie Russo. Justin, you want to guess? Was it you? Play cut 16. <laughs> Plus, we've got Thank a lot of you. friends who work on AM radio. That's true, but we've got friends also... at 1010 Winds and, of course, WABC Radio, Sid Rosenberg. Ah, of course, WABC well, Radio, no, 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 Sid no, 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 Rosenberg. Whoa, 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 I don't believe it. So finally, uh, a Republican <laughs> political guy, a guy we like, Josh Gottheimer, he was out yesterday talking about AM radio in cars. And again, this goes back to the legislation bipartisan. Donovan on Katz's show mentioned like eight politicians, four Democrats, four Republicans, from Ted Cruz to Menendez. Here's Josh Gottheimer, cut 19, yesterday. AM radio listening has increased um, in the last five years, right? So over the last five years, AM radio is actually up. Auto manufacturers need to realize the importance of AM radio as a critical tool for public safety. It will be there when we need it, as it always has. There you have it. Thank you, Josh Gottheimer. So, all right, a lot more to do this morning. Gnomes Nuggets, always entertaining. That's coming up next. 840, we'll talk to Gordon Chang. His message, while ominous, may be right. And it's scary. Then, Greg Kelly makes his return to my show. My colleague and co-worker, he's coming up at 9.05. And tomorrow, the second leg of the Triple Crown. The Preakness Stakes in Pimlico. And my dear friend Dick Girardi, who picks the winners of all the big horse races, he'll join us live coming up at 925. Still a lot more to do. New York's number one talk show. That's me, Sid Rosenberg, right here. Talk Radio 77, WABC. Seventy-seven WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. What you say? Be just a friend. Oh, you're my best friend. Seventy-seven WABC.
Diane Feinstein, that's got to end, I'm sorry. She's 89 years old, God bless her. That's to a point where when a person gets really old, I can't even dislike them for their politics anymore. I just hope they're going to be okay, and this lady's completely shot. You know, she was out for like a couple of months. She was sick or something, I don't know. She's gone for like three months. She doesn't even remember. Diane Feinstein, play this, and we'll get to know him. Cut number 13, she's 89, and what the Democrats are doing, I believe, is abuse. Send this lady home. Diane Feinstein, cut 13. What have you heard? What have I heard about what? About your return. How have they felt about your no, return? No, I haven't been gone. <laughs> okay, come on. Um, you should follow me. I haven't been gone. No. I've been working. She's been working. You've been working from home is what you're saying? No, I've been no. here. been here. Um, I've been voting. Been voting. Either know or don't know. Yeah, right. She hasn't been there for a hundred days. Belligerent. Yeah. Is what and I she's love. getting all mad. Don't tell me. A <laughs> hundred days. In fact, at one point yesterday, she said, and I quote, "I only missed one day. I was at the Met game with Sid, Lou, Justin, and Gabe." <laughs> oh, and she, if that was, she was there the too. case, she was there too. She was trying to get over the fence. She was. That was Diane Feinstein. <laughs> I mean, everybody was there yesterday. Everybody except for, well, the man I'm about to introduce. Yeah. He was not there yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunate, but you got to remind me again. I all morning you've been talking about what a great time you've had. Oh, it's so great. I'm serious. Eating, I'm not even drinking. I know. Yeah. We had these chocolate chip cookies that was so good. And taking pictures God, and Louie and I were chip dancing. And I, I love to dance. I heard Noam say this morning, he's like, no, I, I've been here. I've been sitting in my seat <laughs> the whole time. I was there the whole time. I was there. I yeah. saw, yeah, Mookie no, no, Wilson hit it. I mean, it's embarrassing at this point. People keep asking me why I wasn't invited. I don't know what to say. I, I, I guess it goes back to what I initially thought. And what was that again? That, that Pete Morgan hates no, me. No, stop it. Pete Morgan is such a good soul. He doesn't have hate in his heart. Now, he doesn't like you. Wait a second. Yeah. It goes a little, you know, yesterday I mentioned that he would only give me pumpernickel bagels when he comes. You know, he always gives, brings bagels for the yeah. whole staff to have. We have a huge staff. He feeds the entire staff. I believe he did this morning, didn't he? And he always tells me, listen, just wait till everybody goes and has theirs. And then I go back and all that's left in the bag is pumpernickel. <laughs> and who eat, nobody eats pumpernickel. Racist. So this morning... All, Justin comes over to me, yeah. and he has a huge paper bag uh-huh. full of bagels. Oh. I, I can't see them, but this huge paper bag. And I, he hands it to me, and he goes, feel this bag. And I'm like, oh, this is warm. And he goes, it's from Pete. So I'm like, it must be a peace offering. A hundred percent. Maybe he felt bad. No, I know he did. About yeah. the fact. And this is real. No. I, I mean, this is a real bag no. that showed up here at about 8.15 this morning. I, 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 I literally just had my everything bagel scooped out with cream cheese, and I was under the... I don't know. I guess I was under the impression 
that I had that bagel because Pete Morgan felt badly for you. Right. So I opened up this warm bag thinking, oh, this must, this is great. Okay, Pete really doesn't hate me. It's a peace offering. And I open it, yeah. and it is a bag of a dozen pumpernickel bagels. No way. I can wait. I'm open. Hold on a second. Let me see. Stop. Okay. No, stop. You're lying. No, look. Stop. Look, see. Stop. Right here. Stop. No, Nobody seriously. eats the pumpernickel bagels. Nobody. I mean, there's a dozen pumpernickel oh. bagels. <laughs> but wait, I had an everything bagel. So what he did was, well, he must really hate you. He had one bag delivered. That had plain bagels, everything bagels, sesame bagels. Which are gone, by the way. I haven't had them. Right. Well, you never got a chance to see that bag. So the bag that had your name on it delivered specifically to you did not include any of those bagels, which we ate already, and you once again got the pumpernick bagels. Wow. A dozen of them. And so now, you know, if he wants to amp up the war with me, I'm ready to go to war. You're going to go to war yeah. with Pete Morgan? I've been ta- I talked to some friends last night. Oh, and God. then once I got the pumpernickel bagels today, <laughs> yeah. I green-lighted this idea because I thought, I've decided I'm going to start my own boiler company. No kidding. Yeah, and I'm going to try to take down peerless boilers. Well, many have tried over the years, as you know, No, many have tried. What makes you think all of a sudden you're going to be the guy to one-seat the greatest boiler company for the better part of three decades? I have to do something to get revenge back at Pete Morgan and peerless boilers, and if it means me starting a boiler company, I will do that. I love it. What's the name of this uh, new company? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And what are these what are these friends that you uh... well, They're wealthy friends who can help <laughs> yeah. me start a company. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> you do tankless water heaters too or just uh, just boilers? I'm going to do it all. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, got, I got the easier bagel boilers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. That's, That's a great smart. Name. Great. I like that. Bagel it's bo- yes. It's or you can go to Metropolitan <laughs> Boilers for the Met game that you don't get invited That's to. That's true. Yeah, you can sell them outside City Field. <laughs> yeah, That's funny. Uh, Gnome is starting his own boiler company <laughs> you know it's funny i don't think i ever saw pete get mad but i, I i'm actually scared of the prospect of it <laughs> so, imagine oh my god the one that initiated oh, that. Like, put the old shirt on like oh. the peerless boiler guys were there in the um they were there yesterday in the suite rich he's oh, a good yes. guy yeah very good guy. actually i met uh, maureen pete morgan's lovely wife she's a great lady really funny her brother was there yesterday yes i never met great. him before yes. yeah <laughs> A lot of good people, but not known. No, no, no I was not. No, no. Yeah. And I don't think you've enhanced your chances this morning starting a, com- a competitive boiler company again. Yeah, well, him. he's going to hear about it soon enough. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure he's very nervous. He's going to hear be. about it soon enough. And wait till he sees what I send him. So, oh, yeah. okay. All right. So it's on, folks. It's on. Um, oh. First, it was Ukraine, Russia. Now it's Noam versus That's Pete right. Morgan. <laughs> okay. You know, we, we did well, he's story. actually said, though, Noam, he has, he has said, he texted me this morning, and he right. said that you're coming to the next game. So do you retract any of Oh, he did say your, that? Yeah, he did previews. say that. He did. He did. Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll forget it. Boiler <laughs> company's off. <laughs> so now this, is all, this, is all, the whole, this whole nugget segment has been <laughs> but, moved. But what, yeah. about, what about this whole company you started, all yeah. these great yeah. people? No, no, forget it. If yep. I get a Mets ticket, I'm going to lay off all your new employees. I'm already on one of these sites that's designing your shirt. I mean, you've got to do it. you got to wear it to the next actually going to leave to become the Chairman of your board. Of bagel spoilers, yeah. Hold on a second. Whoa, 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 whoa. No one said that, especially me. I didn't. No, no. Luke gets invited to everything. He ain't going no, anywhere. No, no, he does. No, no. He's at the Ranger game with me. He's at the Met game yeah. with me. I'm right. trying to get into Pete Morgan's will. We're not starting another company. <laughs> good, good point. Good point. Good point. You know, I was actually home while you were at the baseball game. I was at home fixing my back fence. Is that what you were doing? Yeah. 
You fix fences? No, you know, I do it best I can, so I don't have to bring some guy in. But I, I thought you were Jewish. And I'm listening and thinking about you guys doing, at the yeah, baseball game. By the way, game. you're doing me a very big disservice. Why is that? Because I always tell my wife when stuff has to be fixed around the house, and she expects me to do it manually. Right. I go, you understand, Jewish people, we don't do that. We, I mean, every once people. in a while. Yeah. Right, we, we make enough money to call people. Right. So when you go on the air and say, oh, I built a fence. I built a wing yesterday in the back of my apartment in Jersey City. You're not doing me any favors. So now you're going to go to war with me and people. How about right. that? Yeah. <laughs> you should see this, this fence. He was using this place called Peerless Fences. Too. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Bagel Fences. Bagel Fences. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, for some that. reason, Bo Deedle seems to think you're broke. Me you're broke, broke. Like I have no money? You have no money. You can't buy a company. He says you can't even buy a hose. So uh, he doesn't believe that you can start a new company or, quite frankly, even have materials to build a fence. I've got some wealthy neighbors. You know, the mayor, right, lives across the street. I got, like, influential Who's the mayor in your town again? Uh, Stephen Fuller. No, he's not the mayor. Yeah, oh, he, he is. is the mayor. Yeah. That's right. Your yeah. friend is running against him. Yeah. No, that's... no, Stephen Fuller is running for governor. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for uh, that great report. They get better and better every day. Every day. You know what Danielle just texted me? What's that? Website, Matthew Kachuk's goal late in the fourth overtime lifts the Panthers to a win over game one over the Hurricanes. Dot, dot, dot. Get Vinny back on. My wife, Danielle, because she knows Vinny Viola for years like me, Vinny loves Danielle, loves her. And they got along great down in Florida. She's actually following the Florida Panthers for Vinny Viola. She, wouldn't, she couldn't give a rat's ass if they're And she watched the Ranger games with me. She wanted them to win because of me, but she's actually rooting for Vinny Viola. Well, you'll get home and she'll have a Matthew Kachuk jersey. <laughs> yeah. so, Did you see what time that thing ended? One fifty-five this morning. Is that when it ended? Yeah. Of course, oh, it's four overtimes. Four overtimes. Yeah. They, they are played, now. They're into a third. A, 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 you know how many periods is that? I don't three, know. It's a lot. Seven periods. Seven. They're three wins away from going to the Stanley Cup Finals. Congratulations, wow. Vinny Viola, Doug Sipu, all my buddies at Virtue. It's a great story. All right, we're going to come on. We're going to talk to Gordon Chang and Greg Kelly, two really good guests in a row. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hi, this is Gabriel Rosenberg. And while my dad may be number one in New York City radio, he sure isn't number one at home. Right, Mom? Yeah, but Gabe, Mom's not here. All right, Dad, then you are number one. Sit in Friends in the Morning, 77 WABC. No, I love my son. I really do. I love my daughter, too. Ava, very proud of her. 19, doing well. But uh, little Gaby's my, um, he my partner in crime, and he was at the Met game with us yesterday. And, you know, my friend from Williamsburg, he sent such a nice text to me and Gabe on the way. And he had a great time with you guys, Lou. He loves you and Justin. He looks great. He's getting yeah. big. Yeah. Man, he'll be dunking soon. I know. Oh. He's playing well. I put up a, a actual video on my Instagram, at Rosenberg.Sydney at Rosenberg.Sydney, and my Facebook page of him hitting a shot from the top of the key. And I wrote there, remember what the doctor said when he was diagnosed with dyspraxia as a little boy because he couldn't walk. And the doctor said, well, the good news is I've diagnosed him correctly. The bad news is he'll never lead the league in scoring or hit 300. And now he's hitting shots from the top of the key, you prick. How's that going for you? Well, that's going to be a thing for him. I know. For his life. It, Inspiration. Every time. He could use it. Correct. Of course. It's going to be a great thing. But it's also hard. You know, look, he's got this proxy, so 
uh, he doesn't do things that everybody else does. He can't tie his own shoes and just stuff like that. And, you know, kids are awful. If you think the Chinese or the Russians are nasty, little kids are the worst, the worst. And a couple of times a week, they, you know, they, they almost make him cry, you know, and he comes home and he says, Dad, and all I say is, Gabriel, listen to me. You're beautiful. You got a great heart. You're brilliant. He's smart. Smart, right, Louis? He smart. Fix the picture that we took <laughs> yesterday. Oh, he's great with computers. Me and Pete were looking at it like, okay, you, I, I can brighten it. Yeah. He brightened it in five seconds. Louis, he the- taught himself computer language off of Google when he was eight. Well, I'm I mean, not surprised. He's a special little boy. He's going to do great things. Oh, There's thank no you. No question you. about thank it. You. I love him. Oh, he loves you too. Thank you. And he really does. And in fact, he said on the train, he goes, you guys that work on the show, they're like, they're like really your friends, Dad. Like they, they don't just work for you. And I go, well, they work with me, not for me. And and yes, we're, I love those guys. And he said, so do I. So and he said, you know, in fact, I can't walk because of my hamstring. So him and Justin were a good twenty feet ahead of me on the walk to the train, and they were talking the whole time. Yeah, we were making fun of you. Is that right? Yeah. He loves to do that, my yeah, son. Yeah, I, I was like, look how far back he is. I'm yeah. surprised they both didn't help you onto the train. They oh, did nothing. It was hilarious. They was, did nothing. <laughs> I was like, we, maybe we should wait for your dad. He's like, nah, nah. I'll yeah. be fine. Yeah. I was like, all right. My buddy Charlie goes, F that doctor. Give him my address. Yeah. <laughs> uh, give me his address. Anyway, uh, my next guest tweeted something a couple days ago that was, it was ominous. It was scary. It went like this. Play with all your heart. We're about to face the unimaginable. <laughs> I swear to God, that was his tweet. And if he wasn't such a brilliant guy and a guest on this show all the time, I'd be like, what is this? Another Orson Welles movie? But Gordon Chang knows his stuff. You can follow, and I recommend you do. It's an important follow. Gordon Chang on Twitter, Gordon G. Chang. So with that said, here he is, my friend Gordon. Gordon, that is a... um. A very scary tweet. Was that a little bit of hyperbole? Was that the way you really, really feel? Uh, this is a really good time to pray, Sid, um, because the Chinese have made it clear that they're going to war. And what really is concern uh, is, and this is not just a concern to Americans, but also to people in the free world, that the leader of the free world doesn't understand the maliciousness of the Chinese um, regime, and he doesn't understand their timetable. And that's also true of the senior leaders in the Pentagon, both civilian and military. So the American people don't really have anyone defending them right now. No. And so, yes, prayer is an important wow. element of our defense of the American people. Wow. So, Gordon, we've been having these discussions, you and I, ongoing. I know you're on with other show, John, other people, too. But you and I ongoing for months. And uh, why all of a sudden today or, or yesterday – are you saying that the Chinese have made it, quote, very clear? What have they done recently? What have they amped up that now it is very clear they're coming for us? Well, it's just a range of things. First of all, um, the attack on the American convoy in Nigeria, which could have been led by Chinese-led um, elements in that country. I'm not sure. But nonetheless, this was an attack on the United States of America, And we hear nothing from the Biden administration about it. Um, The Chinese and the Russians have actually taken over Sudan right now or very close to it. China has been um, paying for the Wagner Group mercenaries who have been fueling the insurgency there. Um, The United States doesn't even care 
um, that uh, hostile power has taken over that critical country. Remember, Sudan borders the Red Sea, um, which means they will control the um, Suez Canal. Um, the Biden administration has just gone absent. You know, I think it's really good that the president, of course, went to the G7. He'd be expected to do that. He's in Hiroshima right now. But he then canceled two other trips, visits on this trip, one to Papua New Guinea and the other to Canberra. Now, in Papua New Guinea, it would have been the first ever U.S. presidential visit to that country. This comes at a critical time where the Chinese are making fast inroads into the Pacific. So that means we're going to be facing the Chinese Navy and Air Force, you know, in Hawaii. And I think that's a matter of concern, but apparently doesn't really trouble the people in the Biden administration. So canceling that visit was a debacle. He should have never announced it in the first place if he never intended to go. Well, my question is this. When he said he was going to Papua New Guinea, Blinken, the Chinese got pissed, very pissed. And in fact, I read something not that long ago in the Associated Press that went like this. China warns against geopolitical games as U.S. announces Blinken trip to Papua New Guinea. So did Blinken cancel because he's afraid that they were going to piss off the Chinese? No, Blinken didn't cancel, but Biden did. Um, and they no. actually declared a national holiday in Papua New Guinea because uh, Biden said he was going to go there. Um, you know, we say um, we've got a deep commitment to countries in the Pacific. But, you know, the actions of the president of the United States say we couldn't care less. And this is important because China's making inroads in these islands that Americans fought and died for in World yeah. War II. Yeah. And now China's taking them over without a shot. What is the uh, latest Gordon Chang? Follow Gordon Twitter, Gordon G. Chang with China and Taiwan. Um, this, in the last week or so, there hasn't really been that much news, and there probably, um, to a large extent, won't be until we start to get to the campaign season in Taiwan. Taiwan has a presidential election early next year, and the candidates are now the the ruling party, the Democratic Progressive Party, has actually chosen its candidate. The opposition, Kuomintang, is still in the process of doing that. And until that happens, probably Beijing will be quiet. But Beijing is not going to be quiet during the campaign. And we are going to see, I fear, um, acts of intimidation against the Taiwan people. Are the Chinese still denying they're helping the Russians in Ukraine? He came out, Ping, and was very adamant. We're not doing anything, maybe yet or, or not at all, but... And then you were on with me, and you said, oh, they're, they're lying. Are they still denying that? And, and uh, what, uh, what exactly are they doing to aid the Russians in this fight against the Ukraine? Well, first of all, uh, is elevated commodity purchases, which is effectively financing the war. China's put its diplomats in service of uh, Russia. Um, we see China opening up its financial system to um, Russian institutions and banks that have been sanctioned by the United States and the West. Um, Chinese propaganda outlets, both central government and Communist Party, have been amplifying Russian disinformation of the war. That includes, by the way, Chinese-owned TikTok. And China has been providing lethal assistance um, to um, Russia. That included um, sale of ammunition, drones to the Wagner Group, um, helmets to the Wagner Group, which was just revealed by the FT in the last hours. 
um, China has been supplying, uh, supplying location data to Russia. This is location data that China obtained from the Chinese-made drones that Ukraine had been operating. Um, and then China fed that data to Russia. Russia then took out the drone operators. So, um, yeah, Ukraine um, has been under assault by China. As is the United States, right? I mean, we've seen these spy balloons pop up time and time again in our cities. Chinese police stations, you can't even make this up in New York. In fact, last time you were on, you said, hey, 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 the mayor, Eric Adams, he knows exactly where that money came from when, in fact, he was pictured with a Chinese man and Chuck Schumer, the Chinese man, turned out to be somebody who was arrested. And, uh, you know, these satellites, all these things going on. So we have seen multiple examples, Gordon, over the last couple of months of the Chinese not fearful right here in the United States, basically doing what they want. Yeah, and that's the reason why um, I'm extremely concerned, um, because China's, you know, that big spy balloon in January and February, that was a big middle finger floating over the U.S. And that showed the utter disrespect of China. And China was openly surveilling our nuclear weapon sites. And uh, apparently they were attempting to try to figure out if they could disrupt um, communication signals to our ballistic missile submarines, which means if they figure that they can do that, they could end up in a first strike, first yeah. nuclear weapon strike against the United States. Donald Trump so, keeps talking about that. Trump keeps saying, look, said it again on CNN last week, said it with me. He was on last Thursday. Look, folks. You leave Biden in office, you're guaranteed World War Three, And he keeps saying, and the difference between World War One, World War Two, and this potential World War Three is nuclear weapons. And if he's right, if he's right, does it get any scarier than China? Yeah, and it's nuclear weapons and artificial intelligence. And, you know, nothing's inevitable, Sid, so I can't say guarantee World War Three. But I would say extremely probable. I mean, very, 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 very probable uh, that there would be World War III if um, the current national security team stays in place for another four years. Wow. wow During my lifetime, and I'm almost 72, we have never seen such a rapid uh, collapse of America standing in the world as we've seen over the last two months. And these are directly attributable to policies of the Biden administration. And right now, the aforementioned Biden is in Japan for the G7 summit. Those seven countries, folks, if you don't know, us, Japan, Germany, the United Kingdom, France, Canada, and Italy. So the question is, Gordon, what two countries are missing, and specifically one that has basically stolen the whole conversation? Well... The G7 is supposed to be the leaders of the democracies. So China and Russia should never have been um, even considered. You know, Russia was actually part of the G8 uh, until they were thankfully dropped out of it. Um, But, you know, the countries that are missing, uh, I would think, would be Australia should be part of that. Um, And then um, on the other one, um, that's, you know, there's no obvious candidate in my book, but, you know, this should be a group. We should be involved in groupings of democracies. We should be getting out of the G20, which is useless. Um, and there's all sorts of other organizations that um, really do not support freedom. And so we should not be supporting them either.
So this, to me, is really important that we focus on countries that uh, like us and will work with us rather than countries that um, are trying to destroy our society. Last 30 seconds, Gordon. And as always, you're great. You know I love having you on. You're great. You're terrific. Uh, But every time I bring you on, you seem closer and closer to giving me a time when, in fact, you think the inevitable is going to happen. You've been hesitant to do it up to now, three months, six months, two years. Like I said, every time I bring you on, it seems more dire. Are you ready to make a prediction this morning on time? When do you think, over or under, how many months or years we're facing this, as you would put it, the uh, inevitable, uh, you know, a possible destruction of our country? Well, it's not inevitable. Nothing's inevitable. Um, but, you know, it's, it's getting more and more probable all the time. I don't have a time frame, but clearly if Biden were reelected and served out four years, I would think certainly within that time frame. Oh, my God. The big issue here is these accidents that China is trying to provoke uh, in the airspace and on the surface of the sea in the global comments. One of those things goes wrong, and we could be war in hours. So, you know, time frame, let me put it this way. How many times in history has a militant regime gone on a rapid military modernization, mobilized its civilians for war, talked about war all the time, and not actually gone to war? Not often. The answer to that is zero, Zero. which means we're going to war unless something changes. Wow. Hey, Gordon, keep coming on, man. You really are terrific. You're the best. Check him out, folks, on Twitter, Gordon G. Chang. And um, I, I watch your Twitter all the time. I watch you on TV all the time. You do a great job with me. Thank you so much. Have a safe weekend. Come back soon, buddy. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you so much, Sid. I really, really, really appreciate the chance to talk to you. No, I appreciate that. Thank you. It means a lot. To Gordon Chang, folks, follow him today on Twitter. Gordon G. Chang wraps up a great third hour. Got a fun fourth hour coming your way. Yes, yes, the return of Greg Kelly with Sid Rosenberg. Greg Kelly is coming up next. Radio 77 WABC. Oi. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. Come Now there's Quiet Riot. There you go, boys. I kept confusing. We're not going to take it. My friend D. Snyder and Twisted Sister with uh, this group, Quiet Riot. Thank you, Lou. I think Sunday's the Brooklyn Marathon. My wife, my beautiful wife, Danielle, her friend Jessica is coming in from Florida. She's a runner like Danielle. And she's going to run the race. So they're going to hang out tomorrow. Danielle is not running the Brooklyn Marathon. I don't think Danielle's got a marathon in her future. Shocking. 40 marathons in, getting the Abbott Award, which only 1% of marathon runners achieve. The six majors, three in the United States, New York, Boston, Chicago, three outside the country, London, Berlin, and the most recent one, Tokyo. She done it, my wife. She a champ. She hot, and she can run. I know the joke. 
She got so good because she ran away from you all those years. I get it. I wasn't even thinking that way. But she ran back, bitches. Because <laughs> I'll be married 31 years on June 25th. Another T-shirt. Another T-shirt. <laughs> she ran back, bitches. bitches. Now what? Yeah, now what? All right, uh, my next cast of tours does a great job on this station. One to three every weekday afternoon and has been killing it. He has been killing it on Newsmax, 10 p.m. every weeknight. He is Greg Kelly. Greg, welcome back. How are you, buddy? Kid, I'm good. Um, nice to know every detail of the weekend. <laughs> uh, uh, what, what, what is your wife's friend uh, going to do tomorrow with your wife? What's the, what's I don't know. Tomorrow pre-race? I don't know. But, you know, what, what I came to find, Greg, is how to get really big ratings in this business. And I get the most. I, no, I don't double. I triple everybody. That's the stuff people want because they can hear. And I mean this. Uh, by the way, your father was great on Bo Deedle's True Crime podcast. He was great. They can hear 90 people break down the Durham report on 90 different stations on TV and radio. And after a while, it becomes noise. Now, the reason why I brought you on today, to your credit, is you're one of the few that actually read it. But if you want to get big ratings in this business, you better open yourself up to very personal conversations well, people will get twos and threes the rest of their career because there's too much out there, Greg. Bottom line. Well, I can't wait to learn more about radio and broadcasting. Today, you <laughs> I, 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 I really, I'll pull up a chair. Now, you're right. Listen, you know what you're doing. And the, the Durham report is not exciting. And it wasn't exciting on purpose. They didn't want anybody to read it. And conservative media, quite frankly, for the most part, just blew it off and complained that liberal media didn't cover it enough. And in that report, buried in the bureaucratic language, on purpose and slow walk by this guy, look, it's dynamite stuff. It was a coup. The FBI is guilty. They're co-conspirators in a coup, but they're off the hook because their co-conspirators really are the entire swamp. And um, I don't know if it's worth reading the whole thing, uh, but that's the gist of it. Uh, they seized on silly language like, uh, oh, it was unverified intelligence or uh, raw intelligence. I saw that Chiron all, week, all day long on Tuesday. Just anyway, what are you going to do? I mean, they set the agenda. The left wing media still sets the agenda. This is smoking gun stuff. It's enough to take out Joe Biden, uh, the director, FBI, the whole damn team. But it's just ho hum. Back to uh, business as usual, get Trump, and, uh, you know, here we are, the weekend, and we all have plans, and that's a beautiful thing. But I am worried about the country. I'm very worried about what happens next. Well, I'm with you. I'm with you a thousand percent, and you can take the Durham report, Greg, and, for example, put on any one of those hack liberal networks, CNN, MSNBC, and they go, oh, ho-hum, there's nothing here. It's a bunch of nonsense. Let's move on. Then I bring you on, or Monica Crowley, you go, listen, and Donald Trump was on last Thursday, listen, this is it. It's right there in front of you. Then I bring on Judge Napolitano. He goes, I like it, but they didn't go far enough. My point is, three different people, the same report, three different perspectives, and that's your media today. And like you said, liberal media, 99%, it's a big ho-hum for them. This is more of the same Republicans yelling and screaming, yelling fire in a crowded movie theater. Let's move on. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Hey, look, it's a divided media. That's the way it is. 
uh, Barack Obama wants two channels, three channels, like when he was growing up. Uh, but the truth, I think the people still understand it. They do, and they get it, and they know in their gut that this isn't right, and I think they're going to vote accordingly, uh, which brings me to my next concern. I think they're going to steal the damned election all over again. I'm worried about that. Uh, I do feel uh, I'm not supposed to say steal. I'm supposed to say I have grave concerns about the fairness of the 2020 election. Let me put it that way. Well, give me give me uh, give me some specifics. We know what happened in 2020. You could even talk before the election, right? What do, you mean? what do you mean specifics? Specifics about what? What are they going to do to make sure they steal it? Well, listen, I don't know. I'm not I don't hang with these people. And you think they're advertising it? They're not putting it online. Right. Look at what they did the last time. They they almost they killed the country. They killed the country to get Trump. They made us all stay home. They 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 deprived us of our livelihoods. They they killed people to stop Trump. I have no idea what's coming next. None. I mean, that was unthinkable. I, 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 do you think they're just going to sit on their hands and see, oh, let's let the best man win? I don't think it works that way. Not well, anymore. Well, I don't either. And to be honest, uh, and again, they rigged this election even before it got to Election Day with suppressing the Hunter Biden information. But it's not as if, Greg Kelly, something has happened, legislation, anything has happened since 2020 to ensure whatever you think happened and millions of others can't happen again. Yeah, yeah, at least we're a little bit wiser, I guess, a little bit savvier. Who knows? Uh, hey, who's sitting with you in the studio? Nobody. Wait, who was that guy? I heard somebody talk. Well, that's who's that guy? I mean, that guy for 30 years was the man that pressed all the right buttons, played all the right music, got involved in a whole bunch of comedy acts for the late, great Don Imus. That guy is my no, board up, no, Lou no. Rafino. you were talking to anyway, listen, I, uh, that radio station's great. What a great place. Have you ever worked at a place that had that kind of camaraderie, that kind of good feeling, right? And you know what? It's got windows. Nobody <laughs> understands it. It's a lot of radio window. stations are in the, uh, the middle of the building, in the basement. True. There's so much light. It's yeah. really nice. It makes Curtis very uncomfortable. <laughs> well, to your point, all those years I spent working at WFAN was in a basement in Astoria, Queens, and there were no windows. But, you know, you mentioned the media. i got to bring this up. Uh, when I introduced you, I said, Greg Kelly, congratulations again, Greg, and I mean it, doing a great job, 10 o'clock at Newsmax. I personally think... That Chris Waddy should make you uh, earlier. Um, put you on at 9 o'clock. I mean, CNN just put that amateur Caitlin Collins on at 9 o'clock starting in June. I did see something on the George Report a couple of days ago that Fox News about to make changes. Maybe, maybe they go Hannity, Waters, Gutfeld, their prime time. I don't know. Uh, but the question is very simple. Since Tucker left Fox News, there's no doubt, Greg, that all these stations now are jockeying for a lot of lost listeners. 1.4 million on Fox News alone since Tucker left. You experience that every day. How wild has TV been the last couple of weeks? Well, I'll tell you what, I'm kind of in my silo, and I'm in there I'm on, on purpose, all right? The whole world, uh, TV world, you know, whatever they're writing about it, media, I, look, the TV guide, they're reshuffling from 9 to 10, 10 to 8, 7 to 6, I mean, really, who cares? You, you, people will find you know, that that's big in the industry. I focus on the show. If you've, if you've seen the show, uh, uh, Sid, yes. and I appreciate your support of it. I mean, of course. let's face it. I'm doing something very special at 10 o'clock. And to me, it doesn't matter if it's at 10 o'clock or 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock. Uh, it's just the content. It's the truth. It is the truth. And you know what? When you start talking about the truth, it just 
It's like picking money up off the floor. I mean, it's just, wow, it is so powerful. I don't know if you saw, by the way, uh, my colleague Eric Bowling had Beth Ailes on, the the widow of uh, Roger Ailes last night. So, I mean, again, there's such a craving for the truth. And Fox is having an identity crisis. I guess we may benefit from that. I guess we are. Uh, but you know you got to let the chips fall where they may, and just focus on uh, you know focus on the content. And uh, anyway, thanks for uh, thanks for the support. Well, you're welcome, and I meant it. So when you say the truth, you know I just talked about the possibility of another rigged election come uh, 2024. We mentioned President Trump a couple of times. What is, in Greg Kelly's opinion, the biggest lie? Talking about the truth, what is the biggest lie? out there today in the liberal media the biggest lie well i mean listen number one about the truth you know like i understand kind of what you may be getting at what others were getting at they're like well that's your truth what about my truth right what about the truth and people can disagree about that that's and that's fine but we're getting to the point where you're not even supposed to talk about things because it makes well that's not the truth and you can't talk about it now let's go back to tucker you know, there's all sorts of gossip inside Fox. Did he say this about Rupert? Did he say that about Suzanne Scott? Here's why he got fired. And the whole world saw it. And it was right there. Chuck Schumer demanded his termination. The majority leader of the United States Senate demanded that the number one cable news host get fired, and he was fired. Why? And this is incontrovertible, because he told the truth, a truth at least, about January 6th. That Capitol Hill police officers were escorting Jacob Hansley, the horns guy, all over that Capitol building. And they were doing it for a reason. It's utterly impossible that they weren't working with him, that part of that wasn't coordinated. There are so many lies. And he was telling the truth about January 6th. He was fired for it. Now, you could say, well, that's I don't know how you can actually say that's not true. Or you could say. That's true, but it's not significant. I can have that conversation. But you know, for, for Republicans and Democrats, you know, Schumer wasn't the only one. Mitch McConnell was demanding that this guy be fired. Right. It's incredible. And he was. And he was. So I, you know, I get you. Not everybody will believe that the election was stolen. But I got a right to say it on Channel WABC or this channel or that channel. Agreed. And I shouldn't be worried about <laughs> well, agree. being canceled or the nope. FBI or whatever. That's Let right. the marketplace determine that if you want or whatever. But it's insane. It's insane. Somebody People get fired for saying all lives matter. I know. My, my, a, a buddy of mine actually was the voice of the Sacramento Kings, Greg, in the NBA That's for 30 years. About. That poor guy. Yeah, he's my friend. It's crazy. Yeah. And there's a trickle-down effect. And you can you they actually hand out Black Lives Matter buttons on 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 JetBlue for all their staff. Yeah. And if you want to wear one, great. But if I don't want to wear one, great. Right. If I want to wear something, if I want to wear MAGA, try wearing a MAGA hat in New York City. You know all the stuff about the right being violent extremists and insurrectionists. You could wear an Obama hat anywhere in this land. That's true. Proudly. That's true. And I'm not. Yeah, that's fine. I'll high five you. I don't care what hat you're wearing. But you wear a Make America Great Again hat in this, the most tolerant city in the world, 
try walking through the West Village with one of those things on. <laughs> oh, how long? How long will it take for you to be physically assaulted? Uh, I'd love to do it as an experiment, but I won't because I'm going to get hurt. Well, I actually lived on the Upper West Side, which is every bit as bad as the West Village. And I lived there for the better part of five years, Greg. And they literally had my poster up in the lobby of my building because I was designated public enemy number one for supporting Donald Trump. The whole neighborhood knew me, and they would just, you know, kind of give me this nasty look when I walked by. And I loved it. I didn't care. I wore it proudly. But you're right. That's where we are. But that does bring me to this. Here you are doing this this really serious show, telling the truth, and doing something that's very, very important, to your credit, very important. But before you did this, you're hanging out with Rosanna Scotto, for example, today's New York, you know, today's National Pizza Day. And odds are you'd get a pizza from some famous pizzeria, sit there and eat it and make 20 minutes out of that. Now you've gone on to something where almost, almost all of your stuff is very serious. You don't miss some of that fluff stuff? No, actually, uh, I, I love that show. I'll always, Rosanna and I, you know, we'll always have Paris. We'll always have. We'll always have uh, that couch, and we had a great time. Uh, but life moves on. Uh, I do have a hell of a lot of fun on my show, oh, by the way. It's yeah. not serious. I mean, it's not like, you know, it means everybody's too uptight in general. Uh, I wouldn't call that my show uptight. You no, know no, no. I mean? no by, the way, by the way, to your credit, you do you use some really funny impressions on your show. I mean, great, Greg, <laughs> great. But it's like, it's just, yeah, there are, like you said earlier, you know, there are a million people out there to do this, that, and the other thing. And sometime, somehow in television, if it's serious, it must be good. If it's boring, it must be good. That's what a lot of people, like in television, think. The greatest people, the greatest television uh, executives are the general public, people, or regular people who don't work in television. Nine times out of ten, know more about television than those who work in television. It's true. Uh, it's kind of amazing. And uh, But I do not uh, – no, I, 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 I loved every day of that show, nine years but I don't miss it for a minute. Okay. Uh, I got I, I got to do everything there was to do on that show. Right. And uh, it was wonderful. Rosanna and I, still friends, of course. Great lady. Always plug in the restaurant. I, I still do it out of habit. I, what they, <laughs> I just, those things, there's a, what, I, I, oh, I actually, she just said, she just texted, get this, today, today only, 10% off yeah. appetizer <laughs> for, all dis, for all disabled veterans. Oh, that's great. That's all right? great. 10% yeah. off yeah. That's great. appetizers yeah. for all disabled veterans. Yeah. Uh, I'm still waiting to see the Instagram video of Greg Kelly dancing with her sisters at Fresco on a Saturday night. I haven't seen that one yet. Hey, on the way out, the $64,000 question for Greg Kelly, one to three, every week on WABC, 10 o'clock across the street. The $64,000 question, Greg Kelly. Oh, boy, Jesus Christ. Hold on a second. What? what? Nope. I'm <laughs> telling right. you. It's a big, what? What? And we're going to keep this tape. 2024. Rigged oh. or not, you may be right. It may end up being rigged again. I don't know. Is Donald Trump going to be president or not? I do believe he will be sworn in as the 40. 40- Seventh president of the United States on January 20th of 2025. And um, absolutely. And I think it's going to take a miracle. But miracles have a way of finding Donald Trump. And um, this is a once in a thousand year kind of opportunity. It's just an amazing moment. And for those who are freaked out by Donald Trump, don't be. Yeah, I understand the manner, the demeanor, whatever might not be your cup of tea. I happen to like it. It's very New York. But look at the policies. Look at what he wants to do. Do you really want this transgender mess? Do you really want no border? 
do you really want to have wars that never end and we don't win? I don't think anybody really wants that. So um, he's a far more traditional candidate than people realize. In a, in a good way, traditional in a good way. Yeah, so yeah. anyway, that's my prediction. Thank well, you. I hope you're right, believe me, because all what do my you ex- say? I, 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 I listen. I, I hate to say this, but I think if it hope beat DeSantis, but if it comes down to Biden versus Trump, I hate to say this. Biden is inept. He's cruel. He's he's corrupt. He's all those things. Biden beats Trump, and I say hey, you know what? And he, I love he, Trump. The, 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 the stairs in Japan almost beat Biden about ten <laughs> minutes ago. He almost fell down the stairs. There's absolutely no way. I will say this is a prediction. Can you add one more? Sit for yeah. that hundred twenty thousand dollar question. Okay. I will say that Biden will not be president a year from now. Well, that makes me happy too. So I hope you're right on both. I hope he's not president, and I hope Donald Trump is. Hey, Greg, thank you for coming on this morning. You were great as always, and we'll all be listening at 1 o'clock this afternoon. Watching you at 10 o'clock tonight. Super job, buddy. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sid. See you later. Thanks. You got it. Greg Kelly, 1 o'clock, right in between Curtis Sliwa. Sliwa's got breaking news. He's going to join me live at about 940. You don't want to miss this. Big news from Curtis Sliwa just after 940. And, of course, Rudy Giuliani. We'll come back. The big race tomorrow. The Preakness, the second leg of the Triple Crown from Pimlico. We'll talk to Dick Girardi. He'll give you the winner right after this. So you say I got a funny face. I got no worries. And I don't know why. I don't know why. Hey, Drew Scott here. And I'm Jonathan Scott reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. You talk. We listen. 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. On the first part of the journey, I was looking at all the life. There were plants and birds and rocks and things. There were sand and hills and rain. I like it, Louis. America, horse with no name. Talking about horses tomorrow, the 148th running of the Preakness Stakes, the second leg of the Triple Crown. Mage won the Kentucky Derby, of course. My dear friend Vinny Viola, whose Florida Panthers won in four overtimes last night. They're up one nothing on Carolina Eastern Conference Finals Stanley Cup. My dear friend Vinny, his horse, which was expected to win the Triple Crown, really, was scratched that Saturday morning of the race, Forte. And I think I was the first person, or one of the first, that Vinny texted. And he said, this hasn't come out yet, but my heart's broken. This is a special horse. And you know what happened? Stepped on a pebble. Stepped on a pebble. 
and it was all over. For years now, I bring on Dick Girardi. He's the voice. He is it. He's the voice. Kentucky Derby, Preakness, Belmont, all the big races. He's the best. I bring him on before every big race, and he's back again this morning, Dick Girardi. Yeah, Dick, I got to tell you, Vinny, it was about 9.30 a.m. the day of the Derby, and he said Sid stepped on a pebble. And he really thought that was going to be one of the more special horses we were ever going to see, but I guess that's the game, right, Dick? It is the game, but, boy, talk about tough timing. It couldn't have been any worse. I felt really bad for Vinny and Mike Rapoli and all the people, Todd Fletcher, because the horse that, uh, that they beat in the Florida Derby Mage, of course, is the horse that ended up winning the Kentucky Derby. Right. The ultimate what if. Right. And then, you know, so that horse gets scratched in the Kentucky Derby. Now, of course, Mage is the overwhelming favorite to win again tomorrow, but a lot of folks really like that eight-horse first mission, and first mission got scratched this morning. What's going on there? Yeah, no, he, he had some kind of an issue that the Maryland State vet did not like when he looked at him. So they uh, had a consultation. It's similar, different kind of a circumstance, but similar to what happened at Forte, except it's the day before the race instead of the day of. So, yeah, we went from a 18 in the Derby, well, 20. Right now we had five scratches. Three horses got in. Now we're eight in the Preakness now, as you said. So we're down to seven. So it's been a bizarre start wow. to the Triple Crown. I tell you, even more bizarre, Dick, to be honest, than the scratches and the amount of horses. And you and I didn't cover this. It's really on me more than you because I was so happy for Vinny. But all those horses dying in Kentucky, four before the Kentucky Derby. And I never really heard what they made of that. What was that all about? Four horses dead while warming up with those big races. Yeah, I, I wish I had a good answer for you, Sid. I don't. Um, it's it, it's interesting. The last three years, the incidence of those kind of uh, injuries and then horses that had to be euthanized has been really down pretty dramatically in the sport. But that week, it was up at Churchill Downs. You said five were injured and sadly had to be put down. Two others died after a race mysteriously, no injury. Uh so, yeah, I think everybody's investigating, trying to figure out, you know, is there some common denominator here yeah. uh, to this point? Well, you, but you know what the public one. thinks. Like, I got buddies. I got of buddies course. out there right now that are sure. literally seconds away from making sure that you can no longer take a carriage ride in Central Park because of what yeah. they do to the horses. And there's a lot of folks out there who hate horse racing because they think these guys are cruel to the animals. Go back to Medina Spirit with Bob Baffert. They're like, all these horses are more juiced up than Alex Rodriguez, and that's why they're dying. Is there any truth to that? Any? Look, I get why the people would think that. And one of the many problems with the game is there's no commissioner. There's nobody There's nobody to put out a message to explain what's going on. So I do understand that. But, no, the reality is – Horses are probably more tested than any other athletes in any sport anywhere. There's pre-race testing, post-race testing. Uh, there's examinations, which is why the uh, Forte ended up being scratched, to protect the horse and protect the public. So, yeah, but the, I understand the perception. The perception is what happened Derby Week, and I do get it, but that's not really the reality. Not the reality. So, and by the way, when is Bob Baffert back? He's back. He's back today. He's got a horse in the Black Eyed Susan at Pimlico, and he's got – Three horses on the Preakness card tomorrow, including National Treasure in the Preakness. He is back. And uh, the only place he couldn't run right now was Churchill Downs, and that suspension is now over, so he can run anyway. Well, I know National Treasure, the one horse, by the way. I believe the odds this morning are four to one is his. I don't see any other Baffert horses. What are the other two? Oh, oh you said the, the other race, right? 
So he's got he's got the favorite in the Black Eyed Susan today. That race will go off about quarter to six. Yeah. Bays is undefeated five for five. She would have run in the Kentucky Oaks, but Baffert still couldn't run horses at Churchill Downs. But now he can. I got you. So Mage, it looks like, is eight to five on the morning line. And again, a very impressive run uh, to win the Kentucky Derby. Castellano, the jockey. And, of course, look, anytime the horse wins the Kentucky Derby, that presents the next question, Dick, which is, is this horse good enough to win the Triple Crown? And your answer is? I don't think so, Sid. I, look, he's really neat. His, his Derby win was tremendous. He's obviously had a great little run here. But he's only started four times. He's won twice. He's not. You and I talked five years ago with Justify. Right. Now, he was a different kind of horse. He was undefeated. He was huge. Mage is a smaller type of horse. He can certainly win tomorrow. He should be the favorite. But the idea that he can come back again against all these horses that have been resting since the Derby and others, that's really a tall order. In fact, I think it's still on bet online. I believe it's still a no to win the Triple Crown, even though he's obviously the only one that can do it. Uh, the, the bet I liked was, was he going to finish in the top three tomorrow? Wow. And it was basically like three to one. Uh, you had to lay basically bet three to win one, but my suspicion is that number is going up uh, <laughs> after, the, after the scratch of the second favorite. Right, right. So yeah, get get a, get yourself a better lot, see what that number is now. But I can't imagine he's not going to finish in the top three. So no, he definitely. There's only seven horses problem. in the damn race, right? I mean, exactly. Yeah, go, go, yeah, that, is place, no uh, that is the place. That is the place to bet all these races and anything else you want. BetOnline.ag. BetOnline. That is the place to go. You know, I tell you, when I was a kid, I got Sports Illustrated. My sister got it for me, right? So the very first magazine delivered to me, Christmas, was a Christmas gift, mm-hmm. had Steve Cawthon on the cover. Ooh. He was the, yeah, he was the Sportsman of the Year and he had all those great races, a firm beating Ali Darwell three times. So I took interest in sport, you know, horse racing about then. He was 16. He won the Triple Crown. And then I found myself, and like I told you before, Dick, I'm not at Monticello. I'm not at the Meadowlands. I'm not betting Finger Lakes this afternoon. Or, but when it comes to the big races, I get excited. Right. But, yep, but, but like Silver Charm, for example, Charismatic, when they mm-hmm. have a chance to win the Triple Crown, I am really pumped for the Belmont. Once we split the first two races, at least Sid Rosenberg, I'm interested. If I get an invite, I'll certainly go, but a lot less interested. Is that an issue for horse racing if, in fact, you don't get the same winner the first two legs? A hundred percent. I mean, the Belmont Stakes is a terrific race. They always have a great card at Belmont Park that day. But it's way more important when there's a horse going for the triple crown set. Right. You are exactly right. The, the interest will be there much more so than if we get a, a different horse winning the Preakness. So, yeah, a lot of people, I know the people at New York Racing Association are rooting for Mage, <laughs> for sure. I am, too, because I think it's great for the sport. Yeah, but I but I do hear you that it doesn't seem like this is a, a special, special, special horse. We've seen special horses over the years come up short in big races, too. So we're at that time, Dick Girardi. You know, it's funny. You're on me for the Kentucky Derby, and I had a bunch of my buddies, I swear to you, a bunch of them like, Oh, my God, we missed Dick. We missed his picks. What were they? So there's a healthy amount of New Yorkers listening to you right now. What are the Dick Girardi picks for tomorrow's Preakness? 
Yeah, I like National Treasure, the one. Uh, I think Baffert's coming back, and I don't think he's playing around. I think he really wants wow. to win this. And if he if he wins it, it'll be his eighth Preakness win, which would be the all-time record. And I'm actually – your listeners are so special. So I've given that the exact of tomorrow. I'm at a 1-5, National Treasure over Red Root 1. Should pay like $40, $50 if everything goes right. Would have paid more before first mission was scratched. Uh, so that that's my one. And I, if you remember, I gave out two fills two weeks ago. And he gave a huge effort and ran second. And I would be calling you from an island today if he had won first. <laughs> <laughs> Dick Jawardi, of course, uh, coming on courtesy of betonline.ag. Folks, for all the most up-to-date odds and props on the Preakness Stakes, that is the place to go. And Dick is so good, he gave you the winning exacta tomorrow in the big race. One five National Treasure and Red Route 1. As always, Dick, fantastic. We'll talk again in two weeks and hopefully talking about Mage having a shot at the Triple Crown. Either way, we can't lose. Hit the exact or get a horse going for the Triple Crown. We're all good. Thank you, Dick. You're always great. Thank you so much. Thanks, Sid. Enjoy the race. Dick Girardi right there once again. Place all your bets at betonline.ag. 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Breaking news, WABC. All right, folks, you know, of course, that Curtis Sleewood joins me four times a week on this program, 705, four weekdays. Not often he comes back twice in one show because he's on by himself, of course, coming up at noon. But if you follow this illegal migrant story, you would know, and I mean follow it closely, that before Eric Adams, before your council people, anybody told you where these people would end up next, Curtis told us right here on this show and his own show every time, whether it's Riverhead, whether it's out there in Rockaway Beach, he's gotten them all right. And he told me moments ago, moments ago, this one, this one is the biggest one yet. With that said, with the latest, here's Curtis Lewa. They're coming to Staten Island. They're coming. If you folks don't organize, they will be there starting Saturday morning. You got to move lickety split because the mayor will give notice to all the elected officials tonight. They're moving in to the Arthur Kill Road, Arthur Kill Correctional Facility. That's 2911 Arthur Kill Road. Used to be run by the state. Until 2011, then Andrew Cuomo closed it. So it was open as a state correctional facility from 1976 to 2001. Who moved in to buy it? Broadway Stages. Now, who's Broadway Stages? Well, first of all, you should know them, Sid, because for years, WFAN was broadcasting from the Broadway Street Astoria Soundstage. And it is a family-owned operation. I'll get to that. Get your pads and pens right this time. Can I give you the intro to what you get from the Arthur Kill Correctional Facility, now owned by Broadway Stages, supposedly donating it for the use of the mayor that they wine-dined in pocket line, right? You scratch my belly, I scratch yours. They own 3 million square feet throughout New York City. This may come to Brooklyn, Queens, but it's first Staten Island. Let me let me read you about the Arthur Kill Correctional Facility. According to Broadway Stages, located on Staten Island, the former Arthur Kill Correctional Facility is part of our 69-acre waterfront campus that is being designed as a full-service production facility, offering ample space for film, television, and music video productions of all sizes. 
The prison consists of more than two dozen buildings, two dozen buildings, and structures including guard towers, admissions, and a visitor's building. Let me stop you right here, though. And I want you to finish this. Yes. And you know I had a, I'd say even a fight with my councilwoman, Joanne Ariola very early this morning uh, defending you because everything you've told me on this show has turned out to be true. Well, there's another person now on Staten Island who's saying this is a bunch of lies. Yeah, who's that? Now, well, I'll give you one guess. Council person, friend of mine, but you and him, not so much. Big-time Republican council person, Staten Island. Joe Borelli. Oh, yeah. He's the one who wanted the cruise lines to come into well, Stapleton, right? Number one for Curtis. There's two here. The state does not own the former prison anymore. Wait a second. Since like Hold 2017. On. Hold, on. Hold on. Who owns it now? A schmuck, Borelli. It's Broadway Stages he goes, who owns okay, it. Well, he goes out to say, I just asked the owner of oh, Broadway yeah. Stages if it was true, and of course, <laughs> he denied it. Literally just asked Tony Argento, the owner, and he said no. Yeah, wait, now, I love Joe wait, Borelli, but Joe on. Borelli, because you asked Tony and he said no, wait, wait, I got to say that means get, nothing to me. Get, get Noam Lane in here. No, please. Come no, on well, in, Noam. No, come, come in here. Come on. Come here. in and Noam. Yeah, get a come on. Yes. First of all, there is a strike going on, a writer's strike. That's right. So there's no filming production going on anywhere at any of the facilities on Staten Island, right? That's true. Yesterday, who broke the story that the film industry in New York City is now working with the Adams administration, sending location scouts to look for spaces for the migrants in the five boroughs? That would be one Curtis Sliwa. What did City Hall say in response to your inquiry? Uh, Fabian Levy, the mayor spokesman, said that, yes, uh, location scouts were looking for places to house the migrants. Yeah, isn't this interesting? So I was right on that, but I'm wrong on this. Tony Argento opened up the Broadway Street Astoria first soundstage in 1983. His sister, Gina... Became part owner 10 years later, a half-owned business at 51%. What does that permit you when a woman owns the minority business 51%? It opens up a host of loans and financing you couldn't get as a male. Three million square feet throughout New York City has been offered to Eric Adams during the length of this writer's strike. Not only the correctional facility, but beware. The industrial warehouses that they own for filming all near Newtown Creek. They own banks. They own other facilities. But guess what? If you don't get folks out there to the location of the Arthur Kill Correctional Facility, and when those buses roll up, if they're there for 30 days, you can't do anything about it. They are now residents. I was right about the Norwegian cruise lines. Borelli was saying, well, it's better than if they put tents up in the camps. Who stopped the cruise lines from coming to Stapleton? I did, Sid Rosenberg. You remember that because we discussed that. And now Borelli is fronting for Tony Argento. Let's see. Has he received any donations from Broadway stages from Tony Argento and his sister Gina Argento? Hey, Borelli, wake up. Sliwa knows more about what's going on in Staten Island than you do. I'm going right to Nicole Maliotakis. 
I'm going to the congresswoman. She's the one who had the press conference the last time that stopped the cruise lines from coming in. Before that, Borelli would say, yeah, well, we should welcome them. You know, it's better to have them all on a cruise line at the former U.S. Naval facility there at Stapleton. I stopped that. You want to listen to Borelli? You'll be living with illegal aliens till the ends of time right there on the old jail site. You know that it was then Congress. Oh, this is a congressman left Congress to come back and run for the bro presidency because of that. When all of a sudden Ed Koch agreed with Mario Cuomo to put the prison on Arthur Kill and Lamberti was the Democratic bro president. Guy Molinari left Congress to run for bro president to beat Lamberti and to shove it up Ed Koch's you know what which the community eventually did. He left Congress to do that. He became the borough president. God bless Staten Island for doing that because then he supported Rudy Giuliani, then Bloomberg, to save our city for 20 years. Hey, so, Borelli, go back to your Medici, Tony Argento, and his sister Gina Argento was selling the city out to the migrants and Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. You, Eric Adams, Republican. By the way, Barotti did respond, and he said, and I quote, the cruise line is still a better idea in hindsight. <laughs> Curtis, great job. We'll come back and wrap this up. You made my point. You sell out, Pirelli. You sell out. Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at PriorityGoldGuide.com. That's Priority. PriorityGoldGuide.com. 